When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is sponsored by flashfilmacademy.com. If you're into photography, filmmaking, or video production, FlashFilmAcademy.com is an online training platform designed to help you monetize your passion. There's a ton of information online to help you capture a better image, but there's only one place you need to go if your goal is to make a living doing what you love. Enroll today to get three free courses. FlashFilmAcademy.com. It's time to turn your passion into profit. Before we even get started with the podcast, I want to introduce something new to you. If you're tired of missing these live streams or missing videos, we have a new service where we can text you when we go live or launch a new video. All you got to do is text Flash Film to 74121. That's one word, Flash Film to 74121. All right, let's get started. Ah, Let's get this show on the roll. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? How everybody doing today? Today's been a crazy, crazy day. In the Flash Film Academy world. And uh, it is what it is. We're going to keep doing it. Um, today, we're going to talk about something, right? I, I There's always been an internal beef, an internal battle of filmmakers versus content creators. And we're going to talk about that today because it's been some feelings that got hurt when you talk about the two. And I want to kind of talk about what side you are on. Because one side is old one side is new but you know i'll let you i'll let you be the judge um real quick before we get started you know what we got to do we got to roll graphics i'm gonna ask everybody to post where they're from as they come in the room give you some time to post where you're from and uh let's let's uh let's definitely do that you're listening to content and cash a flash film academy podcast if you want to learn how to take pretty pictures this is not the place. But if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host, Ty Turner. Ah, what's going on? What's going on? If this is your first time here, this is your first time seeing my face and somehow you landed on this video. You got to understand that this channel right here is about helping people turn their passion into profit. It's where creatives come to learn business. If you want to get better at Photoshop, if you want to make your people them look real cute on film, this ain't the place to be. But if you want to learn how to consistently land clients and do this thing full time, congratulations, you just landed on the place to be. My name is Ty. I'm a former Army combat photographer, the owner of Flash Film Media. And I am your Professor X. If you watched the last video, I'm your Professor X. And I'm here to help you monetize what you love. 
And that's dealing with something creative, whether it be a podcaster, photographer, videographer, all of the above, an editor, a colorist. I'm here to show you how to use that to feed your family and do more. All right. Big shout out to everybody posting all your locations. We got Indianapolis, Albuquerque, Syracuse, where my international players. You got Portland. Real quick, before we get started, you got to know, you got to know today's sponsor. Today's sponsor today is our new gold membership, our brand new gold membership over at Flash Film Academy. And I want to address this for a second because it got to be said. These lives that you love and these ones that you're watching, once they go off the air, that's where they're going to live. Just want to tell you, that's where they're going to live from now on. Um, after a very short period of time, there's a few reasons why we're going that way and getting out of the YouTube or Facebook side of things. If you are a member on the Facebook page, that that community is going to go there. There's a free part of that community and there's reasons why we're doing it. And I want to kind of address those before we get into the subject. There's there's quite a few reasons. One, you now get access to a community that has things listed listed in certain categories. That way you don't have to scroll back through six pages to find out what was that one website old dude used to do this, that, and the other. It's all broken down in sections where we can talk about things like upsells, how to close clients, where we're finding clients, what to do when you get clients, what are ways we can do to improve our website. It's all in areas that you can go and you can look and find that information consistently. It's very important that we start getting a little more organized and that community will allow us to do it. You'll also have access to every live and you'll also have the ability to jump on these videos. If you're watching this video and you're a gold member, keep in mind that you can go click under gold lectures um, or live lectures. And then there should be a post about this video where you can find the link to be a part of this thing. There you go. Now, you know, and no one's have to battle. Um, I am going to also post it in the old gold community so that people who are still there will have access to it. Keep in mind, um, if you are a current gold member, if you go under the community tab, you will find information on how to switch over, how to make that change. All right. Now that we got that out the way and that's there and everybody know about that because that's going to be huge. We're growing that community like crazy. If you've been a part of the Facebook group, you know what, you know, you understand the family atmosphere. Another thing that's really huge about this before I forget is this is available to everybody in the world. Unlike the YouTube side of things that blocked a lot of countries. We're not having that. We're not having that. All right, guys. So let's talk about filmmakers and let's talk about content creators, because I think that some filmmakers get offended when you call them anything other than filmmakers. So this is my definition of a filmmaker is as follows and it's as plain and simple as can be it's not those that create content for businesses it's those that are looking to make a living on film on entertainment on on their their idea is to create something and send it out and get paid from it and make a living doing that some people would argue that you are creating short films for businesses but i encourage you not to look at it that way you have to look at it in a modern era of what it is. It's kind of like, you know, photographs versus pictures, right? Or images. Photographs kind of feel like an old tangible item. Images feel like something you can download, share, send. Pictures feel like that compared to photographs. 
Um, times are changing. And as the industry change, you need to change with it. And your mindset needs to change. When people think of film, they think of something that's highly expensive. It's time consuming. It takes forever. It's three hours long. It isn't vertical. It's landscape. When you think about content, you're thinking about creating content that fits what the, the client needs and your client, which is probably a business or a business owner or something along the sorts may have many different uses to create content from training to onboarding to exiting to testimonials. And the idea of filmmaking sounds like a nice polished way of putting it, but it's not really a polished way of putting it. And I say that because you get into a lot of head bumping with people who are like, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a filmmaker. Okay, knock yourself out. However, my company creates content and we create tons of content. You can't film, filmmaking and filmmaking and fast turnaround don't even, don't even go together. You know what I mean? Filmmaking um, and understanding uh, a very niche target audience don't even go together. As, you know, as niche as filmmaking get usually is a genre and that's about it. Um, so content creation, we're a little different. You know, we are a little more flexible. We may create audio content. We may create content in different forms and, and factors in order to have the ability to do what our client needs to do. So I want to make sure that as we talk and move forward with this channel and we talk about content, no knocking nobody else who call themselves film, filmmaking, none of that. I got flash film in the name of my company, so I'm not knocking those guys. But we create content. We're a media company. And we're we're accessible by the little guys, which is keep in mind, if you're listed as a small business, you're still doing seven, eight, nine million a year as a small business. So keep that in mind as you guys, you know, think about where you fall in that position. At times, am I a filmmaker? Yes, I love short films. I, I, I am a filmmaker at heart. I started as a filmmaker. I saw all I wanted to do was make films, make movies and do things like that. So it's OK to, to have that, to, to have that, you know, in your back pocket. But for a business to be a, to go after businesses, you're a content creator. And let me touch on this, too, um, because I think it's not brought to people's attention enough. Listen. When I say content creator in the, in the area of filmmaking, video production, photography, in the, in that area, there are sections in which you can live, right? In the top section, you're shooting movies. You're, you're a part of the matrix crew. You're shooting 007. You're making Pixar films. That is at the top at the bottom. You're just filming for people, you know, as a hobby, you may get a few dollars here and there to take some pictures of somebody in a park. You're doing it for consumers. And a lot of people think that's all there is to content creation is just those two areas. What they don't realize is the biggest sector of content. I don't want to say consumers, but those who purchase content are businesses who need content consistently. Your people at the bottom only throw a party every three months. The studio at the top may be work on, they may work on one to two films a year. There's still a whole lot in the middle that people forget about. 
and they buy, you know, DSLRs and they instantly want to go to cinematic footage to look like the big guys, the movies, but they don't think of what's in the middle. And the middle is 10 times larger than the bottom and top combined together. That middle are businesses that need content. They have social media, they have training, they have websites, they need content, images, they need um voiceovers they need somebody to create put the put a voiceover on their slides they need all of the content daily in that area they they have bigger budgets than the people below maybe not as big as the movie guys but they're they needed so much that you can make a living in that sector so that area is where we focus on here at flash home academy that big old huge area of money that people tend to forget about when they buy cameras and they want to go into business. They go straight to consumer. They go straight to the bottom guys. That's hard to predict. It's hard to know when they'll need content. You got to bug them. You got to convince them. They don't have the money. They don't really want to pay it. Meanwhile, they're asking if their camera is Netflix approved because they want to go to Netflix. Nobody thinks of everything that happens in the middle. And that's where a majority of your money is. So again, like I said, here at Flash Film Academy, I make sure I have you guys focus on that sector of business because that is the most profitable sector. And if you can if you can service the guys at the bottom, we can tweak some things about your business and how your brand appear so that you can start to work with those in the middle. The guys at the bottom paying one two hundred a gig, the guys in the middle, they're paying anywhere from twenty five hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand a gig. And depending on how you build your brand and your niche and your area will determine your value. So I got to make you guys who are diehard filmmakers. There's a time and place to be that it's not in that middle sector In that middle sector. They need content creators. That top sector needs filmmakers, maybe even at the bottom. You want to dramatically capture you know, your cousin's birthday party, you want to create, you know, content from their football game, whatever. There is a place for that. You want to shoot short films? There is a place for that. But in the middle, these guys need content creators. So I definitely want you to keep that in mind as you start to think of yourself when it comes to creating content. You think of yourself when you're buying gear. Think of yourself you know, you may not need the most cinema cinema. And, and this is another thing that's that's really big, right? People think that cinematic footage. They think that cinematic footage is what will bring you more money. They put it in the, in the hands of gear. Cinematic footage. I got a lot. If I get cinematic footage, people are going to hire me. That's simply not the case. And as you guys know here, it's all about understanding the business side of content creation, understanding the business side. So let's let the guys in that just showed up. We got the crew. We're going to jump on because we ain't going to, we ain't going to do 12 hours tonight. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Make sure you guys can hear me. I can't hear you guys. Let me make sure. Let me go to my headphone. Let's do that. I forgot How about now? I got. I guess it. I wasn't talking. I got it routed through the headphones, you know what I'm saying? Let me make sure I got that cracking. 
So, greetings, so greetings, salutations. Greetings. What's going on? Greetings and salutations. Did, did you guys kind of struggle? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, I hear I'm you. getting a little echo. I'm getting a little echo. I think someone got a. Uh, I'm getting a little echo. Oh, okay. Did you guys struggle with the idea of filmmaking compared to content creation? Was did you come in it as a come in the game as a filmmaker, or you know, me- mentally, where did you guys start? I wanted to create commercials. I never wanted to do any movies or any of that. It's, I, I feel like my creativity is stifled by doing that because you're talking about eight months, six months, two year commitment on a single project where working with a company, man, I, there's so many ideas, so many things as a creator that I want to create so many things I want to do. And I can do all of that when I, with with this as i guess i'd be a content creator then i never labeled myself i but i i guess i would say i was never a filmmaker that never crossed my mind that that's a good i never thought about it like that but yeah that's i see me i was a film i wanted to make i still want to make movies i'm still gonna shoot movies i want to shoot movies i don't mix it with you know my daily job you know what I'm saying? My mindset for both are completely different. One is about being efficient and making sure I understand what the client want. And one is about really telling the story and creating something that's designed with the audience in mind. So my, my approach is not saying that I don't, the audience isn't in mind with my client, but most importantly, it's about what my client want, their target audience, you know, their product, their service. You know, it's just I, I, my the way I go into it is different. Um, content creation for me requires less creativity and more. You know, you want to make sure it's more efficient. It, it does its job, and not as it's not as creative. It's not about it. It's about lighting, but not in an extreme way. Um, where I may spend time shooting a movie, where I am. Um, I'm working on creating a look and feel for a scene simply with lighting before I bring in talent. So I feel like, you know, I get, I'm more of a DP when I'm shooting movies and I'm more of a project manager when I'm working with clients. Um, and it's just a different hat. It's just a different hat. But if I go into it, if I go into working with the client as a, and I got my DP hat on, um, usually shoots are too long. I'm overdoing it. There's things that I'm trying to perfect that clients don't see or care about. Um, and, and it creates a bad experience for most clients because they're like, I'm not here to get it perfect. I'm just here to make sure it's right. It doesn't need to be perfect, but it needs to be right. And as a, in a movie, I'm thinking like the lighting, you know, we need to make sure that the natural lights look and mesh with the, you know what I'm saying? I'm just doing, I'm just so, it's just such a deeper thing for me when I'm in filmmaker mode compared to content creator mode. Sometimes being efficient is more important than, than having the ex- like extreme perfect lighting. Um, sometimes, you know, a client is like, Hey, we got an hour with this guy. We'd rather have 10 questions recorded. Um, and with okay lighting than two questions with perfect lighting. Got it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, no problem. I got it. Let me, let me jump right on that. And let me make sure, uh, you know, let me make sure that I I got it right. Um, so, you know, 
it's just a, it's really just a mindset and how I approach things. Something sometimes you want to paint a masterpiece and sometimes you want to finish uh, the project. Go for it, Alex. Pause for a second. I know you're in the middle of something dope, but I wanted to make sure I tell you about a course over at Flash Film Academy that changed the game for me. It literally took my business from attracting mostly low-end clients to consistently landing and closing bigger clients with bigger budgets. It's called the five key steps for creating an effective portfolio that converts. If you're a photographer, videographer, editor, colorist, or graphic designer, it's very simple. This course teaches you how to take what your brand does well and present those things in a way that help the clients understand how your brand can solve their problem. When clients are trying to make a decision on why or even if they should work with you, blasting them with your best video clips set to music won't cut it anymore. It doesn't set you apart, show value, or help buyers in the process of making a decision. This course teaches you how to create a commercial for your brand, providing a first impression that will help 10x your ability to land quality clients. Remember, if you can't effectively tell your story, clients won't hire you to effectively tell their story. Go to flashfilmacademy.com today to get started. Use promo code POD5, that's P-O-D-5, to save 15% off this course. I never really thought about doing movies. I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, my background is photography, portrait photography and commercial and just freezing time and getting these dope backgrounds that I crush and making everything just look like, wow, like they're jumping out of the frame. And I, I never even thought about video until I started shooting uh, you know, some weddings and his kids, a videographer. And he, all of a sudden he made these pictures them taking come to life. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. And I like that. And then I saw your video. Well, if you own a camera, you're not making money. This is why. So my whole thing, I was never thinking, Oh, let me be Steven Spielberg or, 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 you know, let me be, let me be Francis Ford Coppola. It was, listen, let me make some money with this camera doing commercials and I got a dramatic flair and I can be creative if I have to, I can figure everything out on the run and then doing it. What I noticed was like, for example, if I have an opportunity to just drop the house lights and get rid of those ugly fluorescents and light it up myself from like the dark. Wow. You know, okay. Now see, this is portrait stuff. This is beautiful. So I, I actually, um, on that that job with the kickboxing uh, franchise, there was like this was my shot to impress them. So I just came in and took over. I was like, drop the house lights. I don't want those fluorescents. And I literally took an hour and a half, an hour and a half to get the scene I wanted because what I was trying to do was not just make a beautiful scene, but I also wanted to make it so that they couldn't reproduce it. Just anybody couldn't. Just, this is my light. This is me. This is what I'm doing. So you can't just bring another guy in here because he's, you know, $300 cheaper. Right, right. So I was trying to make myself like indispensable. You remember that Seinfeld? Costanza. I don't know if you remember that one, but <laughs> he, you're not going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I was thinking. And sometimes you got to put your mark on it. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I think, I think as you, as you grow as a content creator, you'll, you'll be able to come in and like, you'll have like, I don't want to say default settings, but you'll be able to come in and create certain moods um, for certain clients that, that works with certain target audiences. You know what I mean? So when I worked um, with a lot of dentists, 
and I use that example a lot because I spent a lot of time working there. Um, you know, my idea of great lighting was just a high key look. It was just a really high key look and I would make sure I perfect it. But once I got the, the good thing about it is once I work with nothing but that target audience, like everything was just high key, high key, high, you know, it was just adding little tweaks to it or, um, just making little changes. And over time, because I lived in that niche, I got so good at it. I got quick at it and people just love the look and people would just want that look. Like, let me get that look. And I'm like, cool like you know what i'm saying i know that look works for your audience and i don't mind delivering it but that look come from a a, a place of being a filmmaker at heart you know what i'm saying that 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 look come from one or two shoots just perfecting it and making sure we get it right there's one thing that brian said go to you in one second rodney one thing that brian said is uh i'll be honest i'm using video production um and marketing consultant to finance my lifestyle in order to write direct feature films (laughs) i have patience so i'm not in a hurry um, Brian, if I could bottle my life story, it would be that flash film, flash film media and flash film Academy came out of my love for filmmaking. And I just had to find a way to finance it. And I was like, well, maybe I can shoot stuff for other people until I get enough money to shoot what I want for myself. Flash film Academy is literally financing my film career. So I totally understand where you're coming from. And I think a lot of us come from that place. Um, and I think, and because of that, a lot of people who are, who are deep in our mindset of, um, you know, wanting to create this just dope images and, you know, we want to be the, the, the creatives It's hard for us to let that go for a minute to understand the business. But I promise you this, the more you understand the business, the more it helps you when it comes to creating real, like creating movies for yourself. Cause you got to talk about distribution. You got to talk about, you know, budgets and things like that. You're going to have to go in the world of how do I make money with this movie? And if you have a background and understanding business, you know, maybe even how to develop a website that people want to buy the movie, how to develop, um, you know, go after a target audience, how, how to understand who's going to watch your movie so that you can create the content. Everything that you're learning on the business side will work for you on the movie side. And, and it's something that we don't, you know, we don't think about, um, but it is a direct like it is a direct relationship, like direct, it, it'll cross over completely. And I, I think a lot of people who are, you know, a lot of people who are watching this is in that same boat. It's it's in that same boat. So um, until Rodney get back, let me ask Mr. B says, uh, Ty, um, do you think we will reach the stage where clients will look for that high production value versus good enough? I'm going to tell you, no, I'm going to tell you why. Because cameras, look at your, look at what your camera can can produce compared to what they were producing five, six years ago. Like, like, like good enough is still 4k with lighting and great audio, like good enough. The bar on on what's good enough is raising so high and the, and the bar on top of the line equipment is lowering so hard, so fast that they're going to meet in the middle. I mean, I tell people this all the time, go look up NFL footage from five, six, eight years ago. Now compare it to the last iPhone footage and watch and watch how you feel about that. Like watch how you're kind of blown away at the fact that this new iPhone is producing better video quality than, than I seen with the NFL just five years ago. Like that's, that's these cameras, these cell phones are moving fast and especially with the pandemic and you seeing everybody's live from home on an iPad or, or, or iPhone, 
you you gotta you gotta think of it like that ca- that camera or that news station is saying, hmm, we can put a forty thousand dollar camera in their house with ten thousand dollars worth of lights and send a crew out with that, or we could send a crew out with and send a van because we gotta send up the signal back to the satellite, back to the office, or maybe use somebody's internet connection, or we can send an iPhone and still get 1080p and still get usable footage that look good and the viewers aren't complaining. Oh, now we don't have to send a camera crew at all. We can send we can send a, a ring light, a tripod and a and an iPhone with the reporter and let them set their own stuff up and film. And it cost us the full price of an iPhone, $1000 instead of 40. Oh. Yeah, we're probably going to do that. All these companies that are losing um, viewership to YouTube and other places, their budgets ain't going up. Your local news station isn't making more money per year. They're losing money per year. They're, they're, they're a part of regular TV. That's, that's really dying. Well, I mean, it's picking up a little bit because people are cutting cords, but people aren't watching TV like that. Like you don't go watch TV to see what the score was on the last game. You don't watch TV to see what the weather was anymore. You pull it up on your cell phone. You go to it. You know, you get on the internet. You you don't watch that much TV like you used to, especially not time TV or the local news or you know what I mean. You're just not spending a lot of time investing in that like you used to ten twenty years ago. So there, but they can't put that many ads in front of that many people. So their prices is going down. They're like, I'm not about to you know you know send out a spend. 30,000 for a van and then another 30,000 outfit in that van. And then you got two guys in the van and a reporter. When I can send a reporter out with a tripod, a ring light, a a microphone and an iPhone and get the same result. And nobody at home is complaining. If you guys don't see that coming, you, you, you got to wake up and see that that's what's coming. If you don't see the cell phone coming, it's coming. I, I, I just, I don't want you to sleep on that. I'm, I'm, I don't want to BS you to thinking that the cell phone and the iPad is not coming. It's coming fast. Super fast. Go for it, uh, Jim. Well, I, I, I mean, I've seen the local TV stations doing that. They come out with their iPads and they're filming with those. But um, it's funny. I, just two things. One, you had mentioned about customers looking at certain um, attributes of the process that you were doing or um, techniques and they enjoyed that. It's funny, we actually picked up a client specifically off of our drone dolly zooms and they referenced that. They're like, we're hiring you because we want these shots. Okay. Um, So I totally can relate to you on that one. That one's, that hit home. And then on top of that, um, in regards to, I, I've been thinking a little bit about the filmmaker and content creator a little bit too. And there's a saying that a lot of people tend to forget. No, well, they'll say the first half is the um, jack of all traits, master of none, which is the first half. But the full set, the full phrase is the jack of all traits, master of none, but still always better than the master of one. Where I feel as a content creator that. Well, I get called by the local film office. Hey, could you do this? Can you do this? Will you do this? Because they've seen the capabilities of what our studio has been able to produce. And there's pretty much not a role that we can't go in and because we train our staff that way, the same way. It's You're not just a, a camera guy. 
You're mm-hmm. not just here to set up the lights. We're a team. We need to know our um, our processes. We need to know if if one of you ain't going to make it, the other one can just walk right in and we're up and running again. Yep. It's the diversity that we've taught ourselves and taught our team to allow for us to just go in there and get the job done. And I love that. I That's, to me... I, I couldn't go on a film set. I'd get in trouble by some union when I'd see some guy that needed help with something, and I'd want to go over, oh, yeah, if you just, next thing I know, I'm fired, and that guy's in trouble, <laughs> and there's some union suing me because I'm trying to do somebody else's job. So it's teamwork, man. One one of the things that we push big, and it, it grabs a lot of people's attention, um, in my demo reels, I use the word execution. Being flexible and having the ability to execute. That's something I learned in the Army. And you'd be surprised at how many people see that. And they call me and they're like, I, I, you know, from what I'm told, you know, video crews usually need two, three weeks. But we got something next week that we really need shot. And you guys say you're flexible. Maybe you can do it. And, and you'd be, it'd be a $20,000 job. And they'll be like, let's do it. And just, you know, simply because they felt like you guys say you're flexible. And just pushing that and making sure that. that. So, yeah, I mean, that, those are things you want to understand in your target audience. You want to make sure that's out front. You want to make sure it's out front. Rodney, I know you had a question. Yeah. Uh, question slash comments. Um, as far as where did we start and, you know, was it on the side of the filmmaker? Was it side on, on the side of the content creator? I think, in all honesty, it started like creating stories has always been part of our, you know, part of my past. And then I just started getting into creating content when social media came out. And then once we kind of got to that calling of, Hey, we can make a business out of this film was always in my mind. And we were doing, you know, like local events and things like that. And granted it was never in my mind. It was never from a corporate perspective or a business perspective. It was always from, how can I tell an amazing story? How can I tell a captivating story? How can I like take everything that's happening within these last five, six, seven, eight hours, put it into a few minutes and make people feel that impact that we felt when we were there. Um, so that is kind of the, 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 the dichotomy that I fight inside of me because now obviously, you know, taking your course and understanding the importance of knowing that business side, I do fall into that trap. Uh, like Brian was talking about as well to where, Everything I do, it has to be cinematic. Everything I do, it has to have our stamp or our stink on it, if you want to call it that. We got to put our footprint on it one way or another. And the way we're going to do that is that we are going to differentiate ourselves from everybody else here in the neighborhood by having that cinematic look. When they look at media, it's like, you know what? There is something different and special about you guys than the companies that have been here for 5, 10, 20 years. There's just something special about the look that you guys have and all the work that you do. Um, so that's still a, a, a fight that I have internally of knowing like which hat to put on, which hat to take off. Uh, and then I got a couple of the questions that I'll, I'll bring up later when you're talking about uh, filmmaker versus cre- content creator. And I'll, I'll bring that up later. <laughs> Let me say one thing. Let me say one thing, and I and I, I want to address that. Um, and and just thoughts like that. Nothing trumps the business side. Nothing trumps the. Bi- Keep in mind, there are people who have made a living selling a pet rock. That's all business. It's all business. They sold a pet rock, bro. Think about that. Think about that. 
They made kids not, they weren't able to live without getting a pet rock. Do you know how many parents was like, do you know how many rocks we walk past to come to Toys R Us for you to choose a rock? Just think about, like, just think about that. These rocks are free, but you made somebody want to pay for one. That's why branding and marketing is so important. It, it trumps everything. Great images and having dope images is nice, but marketing and branding will have people paying for something they get for free. Real quick, um, I'm going to go to you, Alex. I want to go to a question by Justin. Um, he asks, as a fellow uh, Full Sail alumni in the process of transitioning from freelance as a DP to a content creator, do you have any advice to make the switch um, or to do both? So the sw to make the switch um, is really kind of what we hit home on is really understanding just the business, how to brand yourself, how to get how to get the attention of your target audience, how to sell yourself, how to convert those leads. Um, that's really the, the hard part, the part that's not taught, even, even at full sales. When I went and I left, I was like, now what I got to They, you know, they literally like, go get a job on set and start with making people coffee and work your way up to being a director. And I'm like, wait a minute. So, you know, it, it, that's just, that's just what they teach you. And I'm just, you know, as there's no water down with it, but, um, it really starts with understanding, you know, the business side. And then you go back and do DP for, you know, as a DP, you're still a freelancer. You're still working for people. You're still applying. You're still being a part of, um, you know, somebody set. It's still a job. Uh, so it's just completely it's it's different than being the complete project manager. Now, there are times in a business you may, you know, be a project manager and then you may assign a role to yourself. You know, you may assign a role to yourself to be the DP and then you'll put people around you to do the other things. But it's real important that you take on the task of being a project manager um, in the book. End of Jobs, he talk about the, the you know, how valuable it is to have an entrepreneurial mindset where you can manage the complete project um, and how that in itself has become a skill set that companies are looking for because companies are, are moving away slowly but surely um, from bringing in long-term employees and they want to hire people per project that gives them the flexibility to do whatever. And they are, and, and, be, and since we're moving into that area, they're not looking to hire a whole lot of videographers for long-term use. They're looking to bring in companies like you and I to handle projects. So just put yourself in a position to be the company that can handle that project and multiple projects at once. When I left uh, TGI Fridays and I went to Dell um, and then um, left Dell or went to Texas Instrument and left Dell, my thought was how I'm bored at every job I go to. I, I got so much free time because we're not filming 24 seven. The last time I filmed 24 seven, I was in the military. So I'm thinking, how can I get checks from everybody at once? I got enough time to do all three of y'all job. How can I get checks from everybody at once? And that's what really drove me to jump out and, and build flash film Academy to kind of be your multimedia. That was my first tagline was your multimedia department. And I wanted to be a company's multimedia department so they can literally just shoot me stuff. We show up, film it. They know what our pricing is, no matter what department. Cause you, you know, when you meet a company, a lot of people don't think about it. When you meet a company, and you shoot a video for them, you're really not working with the whole company. You're just working with a department. I, I You can advertise within that company and get enough work for the rest of the year. 
I've worked for L&D departments, learning and development, and then went over to help IT shoot training videos, and then went over to help sales, create sales videos, and then go to work with executives and management to create onboarding and exiting videos within one company. And then I even got to deal with the company that they hired to be janitor, the janitorial company. I created um, videos for their, for their hiring videos and their orientation videos. And I just walked around one building and got a year worth of work because I, because I just built my brand to kind of go after those guys, even though I was brought in specifically for one niche. Once I got my foot in the door, Hey guys, we do everything. So that's why I'm saying. Don't, don't fully suppress your, your love and desire to do multiple things. We just want to make sure your brand is targeted towards one thing. We want all the fish, but we only got one tip on the spear. So, you know what I mean? You want to, it's easier for you to have success and, and, you know, have better conversion rates when you have a direction. And this thing is not about, I um, mean, Ronnie was talking about a little bit, but it's not about, you know, just the big sales. It's about being consistent with yourselves, having that consistency. In fact, that's what I want most of you guys to focus on other than the money aspect, focus on. Put your set your goals to how many jobs you can close in a week, in a month, in a year. Don't worry about attaching money to it, because when I teach you how to show value and I teach you how to price, how to build your brand, how to how to make sure you look expensive or look what you're worth. When you just focus on your conversion rate, you'll get the money. You'll get the money. If your prices start here, you'll get the money. Don't worry about making sure that you can charge whatever. Once you set it, focus on the conversion rate. How many people am I getting to my website? How many of those people are turning are calling me or turning into leads? And how many of those leads can I close consistently? That's when you'll start to take off. It's not when you get, you know, because I in the beginning, yeah, I got a ten thousand dollar sale. And then I went back to a bunch of two hundred dollar sales. And I was like, well, why? Because I wasn't I wasn't learning how to be consistent. And work in the area where I'm consistently closing. I was focused on the money and not focusing on consistently offering value to everybody so that I, I'll, I'll start to fly. I'll start to grow and I'll start to, you know, I'll start to get used to being around high end clients. When you close high end clients, they're going to refer you to high end clients. When you hook somebody up, they're going to refer you to somebody else. You're going to have to hook up. So, you know, it's just it is what it is. So get used to being consistent and offering value at the same time. That way, the clients that you're around will begin to they'll begin to go up and up and you'll consistently close. I'm closing a lot of like for me, I was like, man, I'm a lot of two thousand dollar jobs, a lot of three thousand dollar jobs. Then I get a lot of four four thousand dollar jobs and it'll be one, two thousand and three thousand. And it just kept going like that, where I was consistently just hitting at a level of eight, nine, 12, eight, nine, you know what I'm saying? Per job. So the goal for me was to get four of them a month, five of them a month and enjoy the rest of my time. So I want you to focus on being consistent in the amount of sales you get, not the dollar amount, build your brand to appeal to a high, a high value company, and then focus on the amount of sales you get extremely important i know somebody had a question and i kept talking my bad go for it alex well first a statement uh, for rodney because he said he wants that specific look 
And I, I know that look because I've seen it on your camera before. And you just like Beyonce, you you need to have your slogan, vocalicious. You know what I'm saying? That's what you got to let them know. For real. Straight up. <laughs> but uh, Ty, as far as um, me, I, you know, basically follow the template. I, I there's a, I'm in a networking group. <clears throat> I started when I basically last year. And it runs out in October. I've gotten a couple of jobs out of it, and the people are nice. I'm, <clears throat> I'm thinking about staying in it. But either way, uh, one of the guys in the group, he referred me to his daughter who own, opened up a new hair salon. It's a high-end hair salon. And basically, it's one of those places where it's in Bedminster, New Jersey. It's near a golf course. <clears throat> the $200 haircut is, is par for the court. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what you do. $200 for haircut. <clears throat> so anyway, she had me come in. We sat down. I walked her through all of the th- you know the steps and all the questions and what are you looking for? I want to look high end. All right, great. This is what we're going to do. And I told her we're going to get a script written for you based on the questions you answered, and then we're going to put the script to a voiceover. We give you a voiceover artist. Bottom line is, I put together a beautiful commercial. She she didn't. There was one or uh, like one line about beverages that she didn't want to have in there, and I was like, well. You know, I it was it's in there. I mean, I don't know how to you know. It's gonna look really sound chopped up if I try to pull it. Out. You know, when somebody's talking and and sync mm-hmm. and they're flowing, and now you just take out a, a portion of the timeline, it sounds messed up. So I'm like, I have to re-record this. And frankly, she didn't pay me enough money to go get another re-recording of this. So I'm kind of like, all right, you want to spend some money? We'll we'll get another voiceover. Then the guy, the father who 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 introduced me to her. Now he's jumping in and telling me that she doesn't know what she's doing and I'm going to take over this project. And why didn't you send the script to us before you recorded it? And, and I'm like, when the hell did you get involved in this? <laughs> First of all, you, you put me on with her. You told me to talk to her. She doesn't want, she wants to kind of like just throw it on my lap and let me do it. I do it. She's not happy. She complains to you. Now you want, you want to take over. So I'm dealing with that tomorrow. And it's like, I mean, listen, nobody, I don't know how many times you've, you've submitted work to somebody that you thought was dope and there was no problems and they find two or three things that they want changed. That's fine. I'm not offended, but don't try to switch it up in the fly. And now you changing the, the, there's somebody else captaining the ship now before it was supposed to be her. Now it's you. And now I'm supposed to talk to you. And now you're supposed to tell me what to do. And it's going to, co- it's going to cost me money and time. That's all I can, I know. So, so I'm, I'm sitting there saying, myself, I'm going to show you how to fix that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you how to fix that. You fix that with a few things. Two, two things. One, I, I have a standard in which we provide revisions, right? And and when we when we sit down to 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 do this, I need to know who the decision maker is because anybody that's making mm-hmm. decisions outside of that, I don't care about you. I don't. Mm-hmm. You just you just got an opinion, and opinions mm-hmm. is like a holes. We all got one. Two, um, there is a limit. In which you can make us, I mean, how many, you, you, you have a three revision limit, right? That's two. Number three is you're going to sign off on every stage of the, of the project. And I'm going to tell you why that's important. Because if I send you something, if I send you a video clip and I got the clips in order as A, B, C, and D, and you sign off on it, and then we go to the part where we're doing color correction and you're like, you know what? I think I don't want to, I don't want clip B in there. And I'm like, Hey. No problem, but we're going to charge you because you agreed 
in the last age that clip B was perfect. So mm. our three stages of revisions is usually for me is usually clip order, um, color correction and sound graphics. Those are the three areas that I'm the revision. So when I send it to you, I got a warning. It looks like crap. It's, it's log footage, yada, yada, yada clip order. Are these clips in the right order? Do they cut right? Are you happy with that? Cool. We're going to bring it back. Now we're going to do color and gra- color and uh, audio. Is the audio mixed? Do you like the music? Is the color correction? Cool. You, you sign off on it, and then it's going to come back to graphics. Don't tell me you don't like your skin tone when we get the graphics, because you're going to pay for it. Well, that. I got a question for you, because not everybody's the same. For example, mm-hmm. I'm th- I have a professional script writer. I'm using a professional script writer. You answer these questions. They're supposed to be able to take these questions and put them into a format, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have a problem with somebody saying, I want to review the script before you, you know, you have it recorded. That's fine. But do you suggest me putting together like a questionnaire so that I know how much of a control freak you are versus, hey, you're the video guy. You figure it out. Nope. I'm you t- know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what I usually do. I, when I get that script back, I'm sending it to the client so that they can approve it. Because I've had times okay. where people approved it. The video came out. Oh, legal. They, they said we can't say that. Okay, perfect. Mm. No problem. But this is what it's going to cost you to fix it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I love when I get that because every time that stuff come back, there's more money for me. I'm thinking about yeah. some, some shoes or something I'm going to buy. Uh, I'm thinking about, you know, what's what's next for the, you know, I think about how fly I'm going to be next week because you want to change something. So I like it. I'm happy about it. I'm That's how I think of it. Like, really? Like, oh, man, we'll, <laughs> we'll love to jump on this for you. It's going to be $4.99. <laughs> But we can, I can't, yeah, this is, you know, I, but, but I make sure I, I set it up so I can rub their face in it. And, that, and that's kind of like, that's kind of like the back of house term for it. But you said this, you signed off on it. Now you want it changed. You got to eat it. Cause I'm not eating it. And if you, if you don't set it up that way, you'll eat it. You have to. Along the process, you have to say, you know, we sent you the information. I think somebody got some audio. We sent you the information. Um, You wrote out the questions. We wrote the script. We sent you the script. You approved the script. We, we, We gave you a sample from three different voice artists. You chose this voice artist. We asked you, do you want them to be chipper, crazy, mad, sad? You said you want them to be chipper. Cool. We got your script. That's approved. Your voiceover artist in a chipper format. We sent you the voiceover. You approved the voiceover. You liked it, even because because the voiceover, you know, talent is usually like, "Hey, how you feel about this?" We can send it to the client. You, the client said they like it. Cool. We're gonna put it to video. Now, if we go forward, and you want, ah, uh, you know what? He's he's chipper. We want him mad. Okay, you're gonna have to pay for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that, cool. That's great. We can definitely do that for you. But that's going that's going to cost you. So you just have to micromanage yeah. the client. And sometimes I'm going to be real with you. What it is is clients are lazy. They don't want to think about stuff. They want you to really go back and edit and make a shirt that's blue, red, just so they can see how it looks. Instead of saying, let me let me visualize this so I don't got to put this man through three hours of work to change the shirt color. Let me visualize this. And that's fine. We can we can we can help you visualize it for a cost. It's going to cost you. It ain't going to cost me. And even if it's time, it ain't going to cost me. So See, you, the only thing I got out of this is she, they, she gave me pretty models to work with. And I told them, make sure you do, because I charge extra for ugly. <laughs> hey, that's a longer day. That's a, that's a longer day with the ugly. 
I charge I charge extra for pretty because they got the money. <laughs> like, like, oh, she cute. That's gonna be extra. I know she got the money. So you got you, you just got to make sure you you break it down in in steps so that they can improve it along the way. And you're not they can't go back to step one and say we want changes. And if they do, that's fine. We're happy to make those changes. But the further we got to go back, the more it's going to cost. Because now we got to read. We got to go back and read, write the script. You don't like the script after we didn't get the video. So now we got to write the script. We got to go back and get it recorded. We got to go and edit it back to the footage. You know what I mean? We may have to change music to go with the tempo, whatever. And now we got to re-render it, deliver it, edit it. It's just going to cost you more. So make sure that you, you break it down into sections. So that you can rub their face in it if they ever say, oh, we don't really. Oh, a new guy's coming in making decisions. Okay, so how far back do you want to go in the revision process? New boss. Oh, you want to go back to stage one. Perfect. I like going back to stage one because that's a real big check. That's a whole. That's nice. That may be some rims or something. I'm out here this summer. Do you have a question there? <laughs> like something like a, a question that you use or you send out? And if, if you do, please. I don't, I'll pay, I'll pay the freight. You got to send that to me, man. So Cause it'll save me so much time. So my questionnaire is usually based on the type of client. And if they want to do a voiceover, so I got three voiceover talents that I work with and they all ask similar questions. So my questionnaire, and, and I'm going to tell you this trick, and this is two easy payments of free 99. If you're getting your voiceover talent from like Fiverr or something, right? Look at the questions they ask and then just format it on, on a letterhead or something that has your information on it. That way you have the exact information. Now, it, what you may want to do is if, if you know they're going to do voiceover, you may want to take the questionnaires from the voiceover talent you, you want to hire and the questionnaires from the script writing talent and put it on one form and then submit that over. I mean, and if you want to add something like usually when I work with the client, my goal is to find out who is the decision maker, who's making the decisions. Because if you say it's you, I'm not listening to that guy until you hand until you hand it over. He can come in and holler and scream all he wants. He's not, he's not relevant until you say he's relevant. And until you say he's, and, and, and when you say he's relevant, keep, please keep in mind that he, uh, you're giving him permission to drive up the bill. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a second credit card holder as far as I'm concerned, because he about to swipe the card too. And y'all about to tally up a bill together. That's literally what I'm saying. He has permissions to add to your tab. He's, he has permission to add to your tab. Cool. I can listen to him, which was, Hey, I, now I see you like, you know what I'm saying? Like now I see you sitting over there. What's going on? What you need, buddy? Because we're going to just keep, we're going to just keep increasing the tab. It, it, it should never, an indecisive client should never cost you money. I like clients that are indecisive because I ball out, especially when they come around, like going back to school time for the kids, Christmas. Oh, they're my favorites. I love difficult people. Difficult people. They cost themselves a lot. Because they don't want to make the decision. They don't want, they're not, they're not, you know, we're here to do whatever you need to do. But the cost is going to be, you got to do some work. And the work you got to do is make the decisions. I never put myself in a situation where I got to figure out what makes you happy. I got to figure out what success looks like. You're going to define it for me or you're going to pay a lot of money to figure it out. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep dancing until you smile. It's not going to happen. Cause I got stuff to do now. You have to, you have to get that information. So when you go in steps, you can be like, uh, 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 you said, this is what you wanted. 
So if you want changes, this is the cost. And you'd be surprised at how many people are like, you know what? Never mind. We don't need that. I was just joking. We don't need to see this. We don't need that to scroll across the screen. I'm just playing. Yeah, I bet you is when you see that price tag. It's, you know, I just, they, you, you know, they be, we, wanna, we want the shirt to be blue. Cool. It's going to be $1,200. Hold on. Let me visualize it. Oh, I see it now. I see what the shirt will look like blue. I bet you do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they be sitting there doing all kind of stuff. Oh, I see it. I f- oh, nah, I don't even look that good. It's blue. It doesn't look that good. Yeah, you seen that, that cost, that, that $1,200 to go back. I bet you did visualize it. So you that if you don't have that, you can't, you can't negotiate. Right. That's why you got to that's why it goes back to almost itemizing it. Right. Where revisions is something that is itemized. This is a cost. We can do it. But you, to give yourself that leverage, you got to be able to take something. That's why I never want to get a ballpark price. This is a ballpark three thousand. I'm thinking I'm winning. But you don't know how much they about to work you for that three thousand. They about to drag you for that money. They about to drag you and get everything they can out of you for that money. And you have no nego- you can't you have no leverage if you can't slice some of it off and be like, well, you know, and you trying to figure out you don't even have leverage when you got to go up. If they like add an extra hour, you're like, uh, I think I'm a how much are the three thousand hourly? How much is the labor? How much is the editing? Uh, just give me another two fifty. And they like, nah, that's too much. You know what I'm saying? You want to be able to say exactly this is what it is. You can look at it and read it and tell you know what it is. And, and clients, trust me, when you itemize stuff like revisions and all that, clients are coming to you and be like, let me get, you know, this, that and the other. Just like you go to McDonald's and you get a combo meal, you still order apple pie. You see the price two for a dollar. They itemized it. Let me get two apple pies. Let me get a, a shake. Let me get, you know, what I'm saying it's easy for you to add on to it. And because the price is there, you can, you know, you don't go to McDonald's with a budget in mind. You buy whatever you want to buy. You go and sometimes you spend 10, sometimes you spend 20, but it just depends how you feeling that day and you know, what's in front of you, what's itemized and what options you have. I give people options to bury themselves, spend all your money. If you want, I'm gonna give you the option to do it. A lot of people don't get enough money for their shoots because they don't give people enough options to, to, to buy what they want. They don't give people enough options. They just like, that's it. Okay. I run 10,000. I'm going to spend 2,500 because that's the price you quoted me. And I don't have options to buy more stuff. So give people them options. You'd be surprised. Hey, could you throw out some gems? Throw out, throw out a gem. I need you to send me an email with all your options because I was trying to come up with stuff. I'm making up stuff like uh, we'll straighten out your shoes. We'll shine them. I'm trying to. Okay, I'm gonna tell I'm you how to come up with. I'm gonna tell you how to make money. How to come up with the options, right? I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you how to come up. Look at Jim. Jim got options. Let me. I'm gonna tell you how to come up with options, right? And and it, and it, you got to go to your beta client. You got to go to your beta client. Your beta client is going to tell you what else they would love to have with this. Hey, beta client, how do you feel about you know having a vertical version of this video? Uh, yeah, we do a lot of we do a lot of Instagram. That'll be perfect. How do you feel about having a TikTok version of this video? Oh, we're not really on TikTok. Okay, well, how do you? They will tell you because it's different per every product that we offer has a different upsell sheet. It's just completely different. What you may value 
as a headshot photographer, they won't value as a lifestyle photographer. Headshot photographer may value um, shooting it on a green screen so you can interchange the background later. They may value um, a hair light. They may value using the um, the highlighter. You know, they may value um, makeup. They may value post-production skin smoothing, teeth whitening. Those are things that they may value. A lifestyle photographer may not. They like catch me in my natural element and I'm here on the beach with no socks on doing whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it, it really depends on who your, who your target audience is. That's the, that's a way to get the best upsells. And it goes back to me saying, don't guess what they want. Let them tell you, let them tell you what's valuable to them. And then you just, you just attach a price to it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about no teleprompter because I went into it thinking we shoot an interview. They want a teleprompter. I just got people in front of the camera. Like, I, 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 like, I think this dude need a teleprompter. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. Like I have public speakers, like, uh, like you're a public speaker. You just got off stage, bro. Like it's just me and you. That's how I knew it get a teleprompter. It wasn't it wasn't me thinking that. I was like, let me Google to see what a teleprompter costs. Let me get one next day there it in for this guy because I got to interview him tomorrow. And this dude up here stuck. I'm gonna have a stroke waiting on this dude to say two words. Let me go buy one and put one together. That's literally how I came to to you know to doing that. Like that's literally how you know I got there. So I didn't you know I just didn't make it up they told me so i just allow people to build out what they need for the project i didn't i didn't force it down their throat and over time you'll just you'll develop a list that's so long you may even have to condense it like okay that's too much but let your let your beta client tell you what's what's important to them and they'll tell you how to get the best upsells go for it Rodney. I, I may get myself in trouble on this. Uh-oh. But uh, this is the question you had asked initially. I said I was going to bring it back to this. Filmmaker, content creator. Can a content creator, two question or two part or two questions, whatever you want to call it. Can a... Um, I think the audio. Can anybody else hear audio? Oh my bad! He, I hit the button. Right. My bad. I'm gonna tell what you. Part did I cut off at? You, let me tell you what you did. I'm gonna tell you the exact thing you need to do to make a million dollars in the next hour. What you need to do is, <laughs> and they'll bring the money to your doorstep. All right, guys. You guys have like what? Wow. So I'm gonna let I'm you. So sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. So what I'll say is, filmmaker and content creator, right? Can can a filmmaker be a content or excuse me can a content creator be a filmmaker and can filmmakers have niches or have a niche like your michael bates your james cameron's your farley brothers the hugh brothers right or james hughes john hughes excuse me do they not have genres of films or niches of films that they make and then like i said can content creators be filmmakers absolutely Absolutely. Um, genres are just more broad than a niche. The niche is really deep. It's really three cuts deep. Genre is horror. Okay, well, what kind of horror? Are we doing Blair Witch? Are we doing Freddy and Jason? Like what level of horror? Zombies? So, so genres are just 
wider versions of niche, right? Like my genre would be if I was into dental assistant videos would be dentistry or ortho or oral or however you want to, it may be healthcare, then it may be dentistry, then maybe, you know what I'm saying? So genres are just more, they're just a broader uh, area. There's some, you know, there's some actors that just play certain type of bad guys. You know, there's certain actors that just play cops. Like, man, every time I see you, you're the same undercover cop in his dirty t-shirt and his leather coat. Like, you ain't got nothing else. Like, you know, we there's certain actors that only play mamas. This, I forgot the one lady name. She was the mama in Temptation. She was the mama in like three different Tyler Perry movies. Like she always somebody mama. Like she can't survive without having six kids in a movie. And she always, you know what I'm saying? So we, you can, you, it's almost like a typecast. But yeah, um, filmmaking is a mindset, right? And it's something you can switch on and switch off. It's just some people are so intertwined in the idea of being this artistic super filmmaker that you know i need my skittles in alphabetical order and they need to be in a separate pot per color and bring it to me because we create nothing but the best cinematic footage that has ever been consumed by human eyes like yeah okay but are you making some money from it you know what i'm saying like are you feeding your family with it you gotta you gotta pay attention to that stuff or you will be an artist that take get taken advantage of like most of these musicians who are who are 80 years old, still trying to dance on stage because they don't own masters and they ain't getting paid while their songs being used in every Twix commercial. You know what I'm saying? This side of the planet. They still got to dance and on stage where the guy who signed them to the contract is somewhere asleep on a yacht getting paid every time, you know, every time somebody called to use the song that they wrote, uh, composed, created simply because he paid for your studio time and you wasn't smart enough to say, um, I don't need a record deal. So, you know, it, it is a, it, you know, it's something that you got to, it's just the, the the business side. It's owning the equity, the ownership of the project. It pays more money than just being a part of the project. And, 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 and equity is something that, you know, we got to be, be mindful of when you build this brand and you create this content. Equity is, equity is big. Equity is big. I mean, let's just think about it. Like, would you rather have, would you, I mean, would you rather have bought a house or, or own the rights to the Wizard of Oz right now? Like what's more valuable? Which one is good? You know what I'm saying? Like, think about, we never think about long-term value of content creation. YouTube is still getting started. This video, this live right now may make my grandkids money. Who knows? You know, but they're still paying to watch the wizard of Oz. They're still paying every, I told you every Christmas, it never fails. You're sitting in TV in front of your TV. You didn't pay all this money to get 12 K streaming from the whatever. And what ABC do they bring this 1942 claymation Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer in 280 P across your eight K screen. And your kids is, you know what I'm saying? You just spent all this money and here come Rudolph and, 12 frames a second. Hey, I'm Rudolph the Red Nose, right? Every year. And you love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you sitting there like, I just spent all this money and we sitting here watching this. You know what I'm saying? The snow don't even look real. You just, they just re- digitally remastered for the eighth time. Like, how much more can you get out of it? You know what I'm saying? So, content is just, you know, it's, it's king, man. It's just, and we don't think, we got to think about the equity in the content we create. We just don't think about that. It's just like one and done because it's not tangible and people forget. 
So you got to be mindful of that as you become uh, a content creator, just as well as a filmmaker. People, filmmakers think about equity. They think about the long-term value of their movie. It's just content creators forget about it. When equity is the business side, that's the best part you really need to, you know what I mean? You need to think about even as a filmmaker right now, like, like when I create films, I don't go to festivals because a lot of people don't read the, the, the small print. The festival only part of your movie if it get picked up. You don't think about that, do you? So you mean if Lion Gate come in and say, we like this short film, we want to turn it into Saw like they did. Saw was a short film. Lion Gate came in and bought it from a, it was seen at a festival. That festival was like, you owe me, bud, buddy. Not only did you pay to, to be a part of the festival, you still got to pay me. Because Liongate saw it at our festival and paid you. A lot of people don't read the small print. Festivals make money off both ends. They make money off admission fees. You submitting film to be a part of the festival. People showing up to the festival. And hopefully they want to market one of the movies to get picked up by a bigger company that will still make a, a cut off that. That's why it's great to run a film festival. Y'all want to shoot the pictures. Y'all need to run the festival. Because you got, you got you know, greater chances of getting picked up when you got 280 movies coming in. So I don't, I don't want my, I don't want to blow up in something I didn't sacrifice for to make this movie happen. I didn't shot at my auntie's house and we didn't broke a window at my cousin's them house trying to film a scene and spit, spilt flour and fake blood all over my uncle and them, you know, basement to film this movie just to, for somebody else to get a piece of it. I'm straight on that. Go for it, Rodney. So that that broke my heart to hear that because I, I didn't realize that's how they do at film festivals. Read the small print um, on any film. Yeah. Festival. So a little off topic, and I apologize for this, but if you're in that situation where you want to distribute something that you've created and you don't want to have everybody's tentacles, I mean hands, you know, in it, how do you go about doing that to get the to get the right eyeballs on it to get an audience on it? How do you go about doing that? The good thing is right now we live in a world where every platform wants original content. It, it don't cost you nothing to get on Netflix. That's a myth. It costs you something to market your movie once it gets on Netflix so people will watch it. It don't cost you nothing to get on Netflix. It don't cost you nothing to get on Amazon Prime. It, they need content. They're like, please give us stuff that we, only we got that we can use to bring in viewers. You just got to pay for marketing. You got to make it pop. See, we get content that netflix create confused with content that they accept they accept a lot they need a bigger library they can't create everything you can submit and get it on amazon like especially amazon prime i can get i can put this video on amazon prime and call it a movie right now they don't care they just want more content so that when you scroll and pay your monthly fee you got you're tired of going through movies and you feel like you're getting a lot and but it's up to you to market it it's up to you to market your movie so that it makes money on that platform. But they'll, 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 they'll keep it for you. So distribution has become so much easier in 2020 than it was in 20, 2005. There's no middleman. I can go straight to, I can go straight to YouTube and charge for my movie and get, or get ad revenue. I can go to, go to Vimeo and charge for my movie. I can go to Amazon Prime and charge either to rent my movie, buy my movie, or watch it via Amazon Prime. I'm I'm international from my home. I don't have to. Why would I go? What's the point of me going to a big company that put my movie out and I can't even control my following? 
at least on YouTube, I got people who are subscribed to me that love my content and I can just keep putting out stuff and growing that and growing that audience. But then how do you get it in theaters though? If you want to go that route to get it in theaters, to get it on more eyes, maybe if that's the thing, how do you do that? Then? I mean, is it still, worth it? is this right? Is it still beneficial to go to theaters? Right. That's, that's the thing. That's a legitimate question in 2021. <laughs> that is. How did uh, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it still beneficial to go to theaters? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that it's still a benefit anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that if, if it's still a benefit to go to theaters anymore. Netflix has proven it used to be a time where your movie was automatically deemed cheap trash, straight to VHS. And then Netflix came along and started making stuff like Bird Box and movies that went straight to Netflix that were better than stuff at the theaters. So what's the benefit of allowing your video to be distributed by a company that will control it rather than uploading it and it goes to YouTube and everybody who got a device can access it, watch it, and you can make money off ad revenue. And they can share it and talk about it and create buzz. Like, what's the benefit of making somebody go into a, buy a ticket, set a time, like go back in time to watch a movie? Is it still beneficial in 2021? You can, you know what I'm saying? Like, movies has a, has a nostalgia feel to it. It ain't. HBO is killing it right now. Yeah, HBO is killing it right now. And it's hilarious because they're home box office. Yeah. Never been more true than ever before. I mean, I've rented, well, I know the movie theater people. We used to have a revolving door for our family to come and go to all their, to any flick we wanted. And now I can't tell you the last time I went in because I, I've got better video, audio, softer chairs. Yeah. All my snacks cost you know less. What? You know what, Jim? The one thing I really miss is those people who like to talk over the dialogue and kick to the back of my chair. I need that. I I need that in my life. I I, I forget how much I miss that. Just let the kids. Just let the kids in. Yeah, yeah. A five-year-old kid in a regular movie, screaming throughout it. Yeah, kicking your chair. That's all you need. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, movies will have a, a place in our heart, but they're not necessary for success in the movie industry anymore. Netflix has just proven that. Netflix just was like, you know what? We y'all ain't gonna let us in because distributors are like, we don't know about you. Y'all ain't gonna let us in. We either gonna buy AMC. There was a time they was thinking about buying AMC or buying a movie theater. And it was like, for what? I'm gonna spend money to go back. Is Amazon buying? Amazon got all the money in the world. Are they buying? Are they looking at movie theaters? No. No, they bought movie studios. Right, and they and they're going right to streaming. Yeah. Yep. So you, you can, I'm not, I'm not trying to do with the guy. I don't, I don't want to bring in a middleman and pay him for what, when I can distribute myself and go straight to phones and cause listen, what makes your movie hot? It's not, people think that if I'm in the movies, I'm going to do well. I drive past movies. I would never go see every day. Like this is, what is this? Yeah, whatever. I'll take a chance if it's on an iPhone. I never heard of this guy. Let me, if it's on Facebook or if it's not on Facebook, if it's on YouTube or Netflix, you didn't click on something on Netflix strictly off the cover. And you may turn around and like it. Like, yo, this is dope. Who makes this? What else did he do? That's opening up to you to, to a new audience. I can ride past your name and be like, $8 to risk it? Mm-mm. Not happening. The, 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 you, will see, you will see trailers that's, that's suspect. Like, I don't know about this. I don't know. But I'll click on a movie that's on Netflix just off the picture. Like, 
You guys got 10 minutes. Make it happen. You know what I'm saying? You got 10 minutes of my time. If it's good, we're going to rock with you. If I see one person fall in the first 10 minutes of the scary movie, I'm cutting this thing off. If I see one bad decision, you know, I'm I'm cutting this thing off. Um X O three one one O phone. I'm um my bad. Um just being a photographer, everyone thinks it's about taking pictures of girls or glamorous scenes. Uh money's the product these days. Movies or video platform um for your show, etc. Exactly. You can tell a story with images. You can tell a story with images. It's all about the, the, the middleman is no longer necessary anymore. We have distribution. There's people watching me right now in Ghana. Shout out to my people in Ghana. I'm, I'm, a, I'm global right now from my home office. I'm global. Why would I, you know what I'm saying? Why would I go and chase down a middleman to do something we used to do back in the day? The only thing, the only outcome of it is it feels good. And it, it feels like I'm doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like me going to get a storefront. Like, I, a storefront don't work for me. I see a lot of people go, they, a lot of people make business decisions based off what used to work so they can feel good about it. And it's not always the best decision. Depending on where you are, a studio may or may not work for you. It feels good to have a key in a business. This is my building, y'all. But if you don't got the type of, if you don't work with the type of client that walks in your front door, you're wasting $4,000 a month that could go on marketing. Panama, what's going on? See, I got people in Panama. What's up? Code of art. So, you know, Amazon stopped accepting uh, independent films and shorts since March. I got shorts that's still there. In fact, I have friends that just uploaded some recently. I don't know. So the middleman will be back. The middleman will try to be back. Um, but people are getting smarter. Distribution is easier. I, I don't, you know, I'm not, there's always going to be somebody that's going to try to make money between you and where you need to be. And that's fine. He will not control my distribution. YouTube controls it. That's the middleman. I'm okay with that because they're splitting revenue with me. Even more than even, they're giving me more than they're taking, so I'm okay with that. I know I'm not paying to stream live. They're not charging me. You know, it's a fair, it's a fair shake. The old, the traditional middleman is like, nah, we never heard of you, so we're gonna give you thirty percent of what your movie do. We're gonna take seventy. We're taking the risk here. They're gonna convince you that they're taking the risk. We got Hawaii and Florida in the house. So I, I just my mindset on just the filmmaking side of things and how I'm going to monetize it and how I'm going to make money is just different um, compared to some other filmmakers or friends of mine who, who take the old school route. And that's cool. Film festival yourself to death. You can get three or four stickers to appear before your movie start. If that's, if that's what floats your boat, I can create something cute and put a crest around it. And this movie is approved by Ty's mother. Ty's uncle give this movie movie of the year. You know what I'm saying? Best movie in the family. Best movie created in the family in the past six weeks. The people, the, the students of Flash from Academy said this movie is the most gripping movie they've ever seen. Alex said that his movie is so good, he would miss time with his children to watch it for the eighth time. Like, I could create that and have it come on. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if you want some crests to just pop up and just look dope, I mean, 
you know, if if it makes you feel good, go for it. But if it don't make you if it don't make you money, what you doing? That's the question I got for you. What you doing? The goal for making content or making films is to be creative and then be profitable off that creation. So you can go and be even more creative. I'm creating something so I can go and take the next one, the, the next one to the next level. If you just worried about being creative, then just don't distribute it. Keep it for your friends and family. And y'all can just watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, don't tell me you're trying to get people to see it and not make money off of it and not get some type of success off of it. That don't make sense. You just want to be famous and broke? Okay. You th- what you think I rap for? To push a rap for? I don't think so. Not me, Chief. Uh-uh. So, you know, I, I'm... I love doing it, but I want to take it to the next level. And it's not even about money, getting money to ball out and throw it in the club. It's just so I can take my craft to the next level. I want to take my craft to the next level. I want to shoot a movie where we actually blow something up for real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want After Effects uh, for this this house scene. I don't want to be dragging and dropping you know, co-pilot, whatever. It just, I, I want to have the budget where we actually, hey, we're going to blow this house up for real. We got crash cams. We're doing it. At some point in my, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to be, you know, shooting. I'll blow a house up with you. Let's go. That's what I'm saying. We just got to <laughs> find one we can blow up. Let's go. I want to blow a house up for real and be in a, you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Uh, we didn't get a good shot of it. We underexposed. We didn't know the flames was going to be that that big. We're going to have the crew rebuild it. We're going to come back and blow it up again. Like, that's what I, like, Two I better than one. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. One of the dopest blow up scenes is in a, uh, Iron Man, the first one. Remember in the desert? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, was I wish in. I was there. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, we have, we've, we've budgeted to do it four times. So we're going to blow it up four times just to get our shots. And we're going to select what we like at the end of it. That's, that's where I want to go. And it's, it's doable. It's capable. Um, you know, it's capable as a filmmaker. You just got to understand the business side and how to, you know, turn that passion into profit. It's content is always profitable. Whether it's entertainment, it's, it's always profitable if you understand the business. You shouldn't be creating content without understanding how to monetize that. And, and, if, and if you don't want to monetize it, that's cool. Just show it to your friends and your family and, you know, keep it on your shelf. I don't, you know, but you got to think about, because somebody's going to make money off of it. Somebody's going to make money off you if you don't learn how to make money off you. That's what it boils down to. When, it, when you think about Flash from Academy, I want you to think about the fact that somebody's going to make money off you if you don't learn how to make money off you. Now, they can take most of it and you can take the least. That's what a job do. They make, most, they make 10 times off you what they pay you. They make a profit off you. It's designed to. But all I'm asking you to do is decide who's going to make the most money off you. You're going to do the same amount of work. Somebody's going to live a $300,000 lifestyle and somebody's going to live a $60,000 lifestyle. They both going to come off. That money going to come off your back. Who going to get it? You or your boss, your company? Your, your company going to get it or the company that hire you going to get it. But somebody going to make it because you're that valuable. If you don't understand it, you're going to get the least. Somebody's going to get more of it. Like, like that's literally what it boils down to. Somebody's going to get money off you and you got to look in the mirror and say is it going to be them or you I'm not letting nobody pimp me and, and they you know what I mean they making all this money off me and I'm struggling it's not happening I'm not letting nobody take 50% off me nope you ain't do 50% of the work now if it's 
certain conditions and terms, you can get 20 to 30, but you're not going to make more off me than I make off me. I know that for sure. But you don't understand it unless you learn the business, because a lot of people go to work every day punching this clock. You really don't know what that company makes off you. You really don't know. You think, you know, but you don't know the business model is bare minimum 4%. The average, the average employee in Walmart, Walmart makes $450,000 for every greeter, every cashier, every person you see that's fighting to get above minimum wage, $450,000 per head in that place. And, and people are fighting to get a quarter raise. We'll fight you for a nickel. Amazon is higher than that. It's like six fifty, six, and it may be up. These are like 2019 numbers. Amazon didn't suffer during the pandemic. Not at all. They increased. They went up. Walmart probably too. Because online side means less overhead, more profit. Less stores, less light bills, no security, nobody getting carts. We're just shipping. Cool. More money. So you really got to ask yourself in life, Who's going to make the most money off you? Because I, I promise you, the lifestyle you want to live, you, you're probably already doing the work. You just don't understand how to get most of the money. The lifestyle that you want to live, the, the Mercedes E-Class, the, the $400,000 house, you know, the five acres, you know, the wife having her Yukon and you having your GMC Sierra or whatever, that lifestyle you, you're doing the work for that lifestyle. You just don't understand how to bring in more of that money. And, under, and being an entrepreneur is, is you understanding that and saying, I'm going to get my value. I'm not telling y'all to shoot better images if, you, if you're decent at what you do. I'm telling you to understand how to get more of that money, how to negotiate that, how to show value, how to be of value, how to walk into a place and, and, and you know be worth the check you're asking for on the business side. That's really the, that's really when you boil down the struggle of life and what you're going through as a content creator is who I'm just trying to change who makes the, the most amount of money off me. It should be me. I'm going to I'm going to take that risk. Companies are like, oh, well, you don't want to take that risk. You know, economy's doing this. And here you got a safe job. Your checks come in every two weeks. You're good, man. You got it. You got benefits. We gave you a polo shirt, you know. You got pens and markers we're paying for all. Think about the stuff your company paid for. Paper, shirts, desk, computers. They're paying for everything. The mat you step on, the lights over your head, your, your phone bill, your cell phone. Companies can pay for all of that and still pay you. It's because they're making money off of you in a way you don't even understand. They make enough money to pay for your whole life and that job, security, your parking spot, everything, coffee in the break room, all of this stuff. And pay you. I can. I don't need all that. The money y'all giving the guy at the security booth could be in my pocket. The money y'all paying to light this facility, heat this facility could be in my pocket. The money y'all pay for this cubicle could be in my pocket. The money y'all pay for this computer could be in my pocket. You going home buying the same thing anyway. So you, you got to look at the world that way and be like, man, I never thought about that. You, you go into a job, they give you 20 shirts. You know, you got they paying you. You got four weeks of training. We don't do nothing but just train and get paid. They getting their money back. So those are things that are just you got to be mindful of. And when you start to look at that, you would be pissed. Like, what do you mean to tell me? 
I'm sitting here and they making, and I'm doing the same thing I could be doing for myself. I work less than I used to work and make more than I used to make. I work way less than I used to work. I have less obligations and less. I like having days where there's nothing on my calendar at times. I don't know what I'm doing. I may get in the car and drive to San Antonio just because. Turn around and come back. So I had one of my I had one of my Sunday school kids uh, that I teach, a teenager, roll up while I was actually filming today. But I was flying, and it was just kind of a um, I was pretty much done just flying around one of the drones. And he rolls up in his car, and he's like, "Jim, do you ever work?" I love that. Guy. <laughs> I'm like. Well, I'm working right now. Mm -hmm. I'm working when I'm teaching you on Sunday. I'm still getting paid. (laughs) So it's, I love it. I love the fact that when we, when we, when we actually hung a shingle on the door and actually opened up a place here, what are we going to do our hours at? I don't know, nine o'clock, I think, because I don't want to roll out of bed that early. I think we'll do nine and we're definitely done at like four or four thirty. We ain't working past noon on a Friday. <laughs> uh, it's that's not happening. I got stuff to, you know. There's a beach somewhere or something. That I've got to be grilling or. <laughs> I know for me, priorities. My day, most days, you will never have a meeting with me before ten o'clock. It's not happening. My first meeting's ten o'clock tomorrow. Yep, 10 because it's not happening. <laughs> You want to hear something funny, my barber? I never understood why he asked me this question because most people have somewhere to be between the hours of nine to five. And this is when I was running my staffing company, but it's pretty much the same situation now unless I have a shoot. And I'll be in the chair lining me up. Be like, so what you doing today? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I go home. I may, maybe I'll edit. I don't know. I might. Um, I was gonna try this new movie. And I, 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 you know, I, I don't even think like I'm. I'm he's setting me up. He's like. Basically, like, what do you do? Like, you, you, most people are working right now. What are you planning on doing today? And I'm like, I don't even know. I'm telling him. You <laughs> set me up. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you what I love. I love shopping at, like, Wednesday at, like, 11. And you just see Aww. other people like, oh, you're free, too. You're free. Just because you get, I don't, like, I won't touch nothing after five. I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I'd be shopping on, like, a Thursday morning or go to the movies on, like, a Thursday afternoon like it is just nothing better it's nothing better it's that freedom it's just freedom Yo, you want it <laughs> you want to hear something funny when you go to the pool with your kids in the middle of the week in the middle of the day and you're the only uh, you, you're the only testosterone around i'm i'm i'm, I'm gonna be at the guy yeah right besides the lifeguard you're the only testosterone around do you know how many times have women say to me or to my wife what does your husband do like what, is, what does he do? Because th- their husbands are at either in an office or in a truck somewhere, and I'm here at the pool with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you yep. do for a living? <laughs> I'd be the only guy at the school. Like, every little, everything, I'm there. We, we're serving tea for the kids. I'm there. Like, what's up? Like, why is your dad here, man? You got the only, you know what I'm saying? And I love it. I'm just, I, I like the freedom that it gives you. And when I, people, when I talk about getting the bag, talk about understanding the business and getting the money, I talk about creating that freedom to do what you want to do and having that time open. It's a part of it. It's not just about being filthy rich and you grinding 80 hours a day, but it's about having the freedom to do and go and come as you please. I sleep in a lot. I take, I schedule naps. I got naps on the schedule. Sometimes, some days I have two naps on the schedule. 
Thursday today was a two nap day. I'm gonna be real with you. I had to launch. I had to this. I had to. I had a two nap day today. I'm just. I'm just gonna be real. S S D P Studio asked a good question. Would you recommend jumping into the business full time or transitioning from your full time job and balance it for a while? Okay, that depends on the amount of responsibility you have in your life. If you got a wife and kids, you better transition. If you already sleeping on your mama couch, you ain't got no bills. Yolo. Like jump. Um, this is what I want you to focus on, though. I want you to focus on not your ability. Get out of the ideas. Don't don't set your goals around the money aspect. Set your goals around your ability to convert new clients. Convert, convert, convert. Turn leads into clients, or turn um, people visitors in your websites to people that's calling you. Turn those callers into which they are leads into sales and close those sales. Like focus on how many jobs I can get per week and not how much they are. We can build how much they are with value. If you if you go into this thing and you understand the structure based pricing and how to um, build your your business to show value, you should be focusing on how many sales can I do per week within my niche with my target audience. And I and I and I got to start pushing that more because I know we talk about the money side and the sales side, but focus on I got five sales a week. My goal is to get five customers a week because those will start to overlap and you'll look up, you know, six months from now and, you know, you, you've closed 60 clients and they just have a, a just a bunch of jobs just for you. That's just over and over again. Like you'll get to the point where you're like, I may not be able to accept new clients because. You know, I got this one client I shoot for three times a month. I got another client I shoot for once a month and it just keeps you going. Like I am, I am in a point right now where I almost don't answer my phone. Like, because I just, so I got clients that are, I work with so consistently that my, it's a great balance of not doing much and the pay is where I need it to be. Um, so you'll, you'll get that because think. Keep in mind when it comes to content creation, businesses don't need you just once. They need you seasonally. They need you weekly, monthly, depending on what they are and what, what niche you're in. They may put out a video a week. They may want to do a podcast. They may want to do other things. So, um, you know, I work with clients that put out videos about products. So whenever they get new products in, they put out new videos and they do custom work. So they're getting like I'll give you an example, like the trailer company, they'll get four or five tra- new trailers a week. They need videos because all they, all they got to do is sell one and make 80,000 off of it. So it, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But once you get the clients and you get that rotation in and you get, you start working with clients, um, you will get to the point where it's just, you're selective. You're selective. That structure based, that structure based, um, pricing that's killing it, man, in a positive way. Yeah. Like so positive. I'm pretty sure I made today. Because of it, uh, but somewhere between four and eight thousand. Um, because I put out quotes mm-hmm. um, to just two clients, uh, put out quotes totaled probably about fifteen thousand for both total. Um, and it just was not in the realm of what fit their budgets. All what they came back with was. Hey, how about we move from like a three-man crew to a two-man crew, and we adjust this and we adjust that? Don't bother me, none. Right, sure. my profits that. already factored in. 
So I, I already didn't know that. I mean, I don't ever count my chickens before they hatch. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm still a winner. Yep. So, yep. and then I just, I got to admit though, because it's funny, you talked about revisions before and we actually put that as a line item right above our total selected items. And it's even in bold red letters that says, look here, it's the only line item with a $0 amount on it that's automatically checked and it offers one revision, minor tweaks and changes, not concept changes. Additional revisions build hourly at such and such a rate. And let them hang themselves. It's right there. Yep. And let them hang them. So you say it was 8000 you made. Let me see how much my invoice is going to be. We'll There's put, a small we'll percentage. It's part of my YouTube We're gold round it over. Oh, wait. I'm gonna send that. We'll make sure we send that to you. You, yeah, perfect. I'm Yo, glad. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I want to get. Sorry, I, keep that. I know. Keep uh, that calculator out. I, I got one for you. I gotta sell. I want to. I may sell raw video where they own the rights, and I don't have a contract for it. I got the one where they like basically can borrow it. I, maybe I didn't see it in your contract pack where they can basically, you know, use the footage, and I tell them how to use it, but it's mine. That's leasing. They're saying what it would cost for the whole enchilada. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, let me get back to you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, five or so, you know, per yeah, day. Eat good off that. <laughs> that eat, shot. R- I'm going to need a contract pack. So where's your calculator? Yeah, I'm going yeah, to definitely uh, get that calculator back out. Real, real quick, um, and we're going to get to you, Robert, because I know you're next. For those that are looking for it, this is the course that talks about structure-based pricing because people are like, what's the, you were talking about, this is the course that breaks down how to price it. And when it comes to structure-based pricing and why it works, how it works, and things like that, go for it, Robert. Robert, you ain't got to wait on these people, man. You could just be like, "Yo, um, just a quick question about." You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to wait on these people. You could just be like, Yo. um, <laughs> "No, that makes sense." Uh, um, so, question about how you guys kind of deliver your pricing? Like, do you guys use a program? Like, is it Proposalify or what to to lay out your your itemized list so people can just check the boxes? Like, how do you guys do that? Like, kind of on a technical level. I use uh, Proposalify because on the billing section, you can you can list a bunch of stuff and whatever they check, the bill will automatically calculate to that. Even if they take some off, put some on, they'll know what their total amount is right there. So there's been times I've sent out proposal files, uh, proposals that you got a lot of upsell items. It may have been sent out at two grand and I'll get it back and it's 12. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. I mean, and that's why people will be like, well, aren't you worried? You're not going to maximize their budget. If you don't know, you give people options, they'll, they'll spend their money. You know what I mean? When you go to McDonald's, you know what you want to spend at McDonald's. You ask, you may add extra stuff to get to the price you want. You may add an extra fry or whatever. Even if you don't eat it, you just know, I came here, I got a $10 in my pocket. I'm going to spend this 10 Clients do the same thing, especially in business clients, because you people forget. This is one thing that people forget. You can ask anybody, if you got beta clients that work in a company, a big company, budget that they don't spend, they don't get next year. So they're trying to spend that budget. Client companies aren't trying to hold on the budget. That is a consumer person thinking with your pocket mindset that that prevents you from being great. Companies are looking to spend their budget. They don't want to they don't want to take the penalties of holding on to that money. They don't want to keep it. They're finding ways to spend it. So if they have fifty thousand dollars in mind, they're going to spend it. If you give them a way to spend it. So they'll never have this great pocket of money. And then you tell them five and they're like, oh, perfect. I'm going to just pocket the rest. Business don't work like that. 
What companies are you working with yeah, that's, that's, that, that's holding on to stuff like that? That's what I found working with some nonprofits. Like when they get like they get a grant, they want you to spend all of that money. Like they they want you to budget all of it. So Facts. yeah. Um, now, do you um, do you use HoneyBook in tandem with Proposify, or do you use one for one thing, one for another, or do you just use Proposify? Um, in tandem, I like HoneyBook's sales process. How it can notify other members, how it automatically send things out. When it gets to the part where I'm sending a proposal, I don't use their format. I use Proposify. So it'll notify me to, to. I got it set up where it notifies me to write up the proposal. So I manually do it, um, and then I send it because I have proposals on Proposify to allow you to create templates, and I create a template for every job type: headshots. You know, corporate headshots, personal headshots uh, when I used to do them um, and just different stuff, video production. So the checkboxes are different depending on the type of job that I'm submitting. For instance, you know, um, a, a TikTok version of an image or a video or editing a video wouldn't matter to somebody that's getting headshots. They don't want to see it. I don't want to confuse them. So I and plus keep in mind when I send a proposal. My proposal usually supports whatever they're they're looking. If they're looking for headshots, I got a number of headshots images in it. I got testimonials in it from people who got headshots. I may have a reel of headshots that I've done. I don't send them something completely different. I send them something that's in line with what they're looking for. Because remember, you want to also sell value on this proposal so that if they have to take it to another decision maker, you got all of the information you need there to make the decision. So I overload it, especially with testimonials. I got videos in my in my proposal. I want you to see that demo reel when you this on the first page. I got a section that talks about us. I got a section that talks about what's the process, right? What are we going to do next? This is what's going to happen. I hate buying stuff and I'm putting a deposit and I don't hear from people. I don't know. I'm not supposed to hear from them for 10 days. I don't know that they're going to send me out of questionnaire to design the work. I'm like, yo, I just gave you 3000. Like, where y'all at? You know, and I I don't like that. I like somebody saying this is the process. This was going to be eight days after this, 10 days after that. This is the next step. So I like to explain that in my proposal. Then I'll have um, the, the, what's going to happen the day of the shoot. Then I'll have the pricing breakdown. Then I'll have contracts. Then you can sign it. So you want to give them everything because a lot of times you may talk to a gatekeeper. And if they got to go to another decision maker or a crew or people, I like to have I like to give them a lot. My competitor will hand them a bill with just the price. Just having everything I have, you know, I like people to say, well, I can print it, but I'd rather show you on the computer because he got this built into it instead of somebody else having a bill. And they're like, eh, these people say they can do it, but it's 2000 But Flash from Media, they got this, this, this. And, you know, what do you guys think? Do you guys want to? Because you may sit with somebody and there's been times I was filming all guys and it was one lady. And in the meeting, the lady was like, I want hair and makeup. And the guys were like, we don't need hair and makeup. I want hair and makeup. So they booked it for the day. Took the price up like two grand. So, I mean, those are things where you make it somebody that's like, I'm not comfortable doing that. Let's bring in talent. Click the box to bring in talent. Or I don't want to do voiceovers. I don't want to hear my voice on tape. You get a lot of that. So let's hire voiceover talent. You know what I mean? So when you got a crew and they sitting around making a decision, all it takes is one. And like I said, it's the company. They like the company's money. Like, okay, well, all right. I, I need a teleprompter. It takes one. And that whole day, they just paid a whole day for teleprompter. So you want to, you know, give people those options because without those options, it's yes or no. Yes or no. 
Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? Um, you know, and you want to eliminate the no, especially if they like you. They just like, oh, it just don't fit. When you go to Apple and you go to buy a computer, they eliminate the yes or no. You know it's going to be expensive because it's Apple. When you go in there and you, you know, when you pick a computer, you see the computer you want. If it's too much, they got one right below it. And you're like, well, I guess I got to go with an Apple Air, a MacBook Air. I guess I got to go with just a, a, a iPad. You go all the way down to an iPhone. So they got a complete list and all of their devices are doing very similar things from a baby iPhone, a little bitty iPhone, all the way up to a $58,000 Mac Pro that all serve the same purpose. But you can't get out of there with saying no. If you came there for a Mac, there's something that fits your budget, whether it's 20000 or 2000 They don't say no. And everywhere on that scale, they make money and they make profit every, on every item. So if they just had three, 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 three things, you'd be like, I can't afford this. No, I guess I got to go over here and get, you know, a Windows PC or whatever, you know, whatever's the opposite. But they don't do that. So that, you know, you want to eliminate that. Um, Michael says for the gold members, can you add screenshots of your proposals and your templates in this course here? I got it on there. I have screenshots of the proposals and templates in that course. It's a whole section dedicated to proposals. Um, if you leave comments in that area, I'll add more. If you say, Hey, Ty, I like that, but I need more of this. I will go back, especially once the third one get published and I will go back and add more. But there, but that in that course, there's a whole section dedicated to proposals. What needs to be on it? What I show? What I like to show? What has worked? What hasn't worked? In fact, it's one of the first few, um, the first few chapters, and it talks about the callback, how you need to call people back once you receive the, the template. It talks about all of that. So that's definitely there. Here, put that up there for you guys. Boom! There you go. So, you know, it, the, the goal is to, you, you know, the goal is to make sure you offer um, options, give people options, let them choose and pick and choose what they want. Be an ice cream truck. Don't serve just one ice cream. Have 50 stickers on the side of your van and let people, choose. you know, what I mean, let people choose what they want. You go to the ice cream truck thinking you're going to spend three dollars. You end up spending 30. You know, it's just it happens. Just, companies make a living off of upsells. When you walk into Target to get one thing, you leave with 20 things. It's Walmart. You just think, think of how often that happened in your life. It's, it's on purpose. Like the, the path you have to take through a store, you're like, damn, I need that. I need this. I need that. Damn. Let me get. Th-. It's designed to be that way. We just don't think about it because they're so good at it that it's, it happens subconsciously. We just don't think about it. But you need to design your business like Walmart designed their business to get up sales. When you're standing in line, getting ready to check out. Well, you got all the tabloids, you got all the gum, your kids got all these little bubblicious on the ground. That's, you know, you're not thinking about bubblicious, but your kid got to have bubble gum. Like, man, why are you looking down there? Look up here. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's eye level with them. They put batteries and all the stuff you may need leaving. So they, so you, you they make a lot of money in the, just the checkout line. They, they make a big amount, billions in the checkout line. All that stuff has been tried and tested and put there for a reason. So it's definitely, it's definitely it taking a lot of um, research and, and development to understand what works. Go for it, Rodney. I thought you had your hand up. No, 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 I'm good. I was just stretching. 
Oh. Yeah, this- <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right, I'm awake now. <laughs> so you gotta, you know, with your brand, you gotta, you gotta build it like that. You gotta build it that way. Um, Mr. B, in, yeah, it is my, it is one of my proposals. I have multiple. I have like 32 proposals, but it's one of them. Yes, 32 proposals for different, different things because it's very specific. If you if you hire me to corp, to cover a corporate event for a video highlight. Right. You're going to want to see different things than if you hire me to stream a video to stream that event. That's two totally different things, two totally different things. I don't want to show guys who want me to roam around with a steady cam and capture their event. I don't want to show me behind a desk with everything set up and we're live streaming. It doesn't appeal to them. Not at all. I want to, If I'm showing you a 60 second clip, I want all 60 seconds to punch you in the throat. Period. I don't want to dedicate two seconds to nothing else. It needs to be a, a constant just pouring it on. So um, everything is is based on that niche because what, like, what appeals to the client that want me to do a highlight video won't appeal to the guys that want me to stream the event live. In fact, there's been times where I've done both for one client and I'll just have a team do this and we'll do that. So, but still, you know, you want to have a testimony on there to say, hey, we... We never streamed an event before. They walked us through it. It was smooth. It showed up on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel and our website all at the same time. I've had a client where we bought a domain. We bought a domain. It was uh, somethinghealthcarelivevent.com. We set up the domain for them. And we just put, we just got it set up, created a, um, a scheduled event on their YouTube channel, embedded it on an on a HTML page. And if they go to healthcare streaming, whatever, it'll go back to it. We charge them an arm and a leg for that. They pay for it. But it was something that was, it was copy and paste. We copied the embed code on the HTML file. Boom. Paid for a $7 domain, gave it to them. It's their domain. And it's something that costs $4,500. So, you know, just little things like that, that um, when you have somebody sit down and do a testimonial, like, man, you know, they made it easier for our people to find the stream. And they also streamed it to all our social media at the same time. And people who want a highlight video don't want to hear that. So you separate the two. And those are just upsells. Like those are just up for, for live streaming. We create the domain. You can, you guys can use that. We create, create the domain and we'll, we, you know, and we'll put the stream there and we'll stream it to you. you. You got a restream account. You can stream to their Facebook and everything all at the same time. Multiple YouTube accounts. Whatever you want to stream to, all at the same time. I don't know if you're stretching again, Rodney. You stretching? You over there stretching? You got a question? No, I actually, I, I had, I did have a comment slash question. Yeah. Um, because you got me over here looking at statistics, and I sent you a link, Facebook wise. Mm-hmm. You can look at it later. But when you said how much Walmart is making off of their employees, how much Amazon and everybody else is making off of their employees, and I just been looking at numbers. And I don't know how many people here still have a nine to five that they're that they're working while they're grinding and doing their business side. But I would encourage you just simply type in on Google um, how much does blank, whatever that company name is, make per employee. It's going to hurt. It, it is because I, I like I just told you, bro, in the message, like I'm straight up. I, I got mad. I got to hurt. It's going it's to hurt. I, I got a little hurt. I'm like. Are you telling me like, like I'm not even seeing a fraction of that? It's gonna hurt. Let, I got I got some of the numbers pulled up here for the link you sent me. 
Um, it should be motivation. If anything, for anybody, it should be motivation. So let, let me just go down a few just real quick. Um, Facebook, 411,000 per employee. Apple, 403,000. 400, this is not 40, y'all. 403,000 per employee. Alphabet, which is Google, 288. Microsoft, um, 272, 272,000 per head per person you count. So, I mean, you can, you know, Texas Instrument was 168, which is hit or, hit or miss, but you think your company is making 10,000 more than they're paying you? No, they're tripling that, multiplying that by, you know, and then you got to look at these companies are usually lower end heavy. They're not, they don't have a thousand executives. They got about, you know, 80, 50, 100. And most of it is people that are on the lower end doing 50,000 a year. So you start looking that up, it's going to piss you off. And it should piss you off because then you it's understand what your value is. Huh? Sorry, sorry. I was going to say, just a disclaimer, those numbers you're reading out, just in case anybody's asking or wondering, uh, those numbers are from an article as of August 24th of 2020. So we're not talking five years ago. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking like within a year. And granted, COVID hit. I was looking at some other ones. Um, you can kind of see where COVID might have had an effect. But still, I mean, they're making six figures. Six figures. Some of them even seven figures off of an employee. Yep. It's if just- that doesn't, like, put a sting in you right now, like, you could be making that yourself. Even if you made half that. Even if you failed, even if you failed at it and made half that, your life would still improve. So, the more you know, the more you grow. Um, good questions came in, Mister B. Do you have multiple versions of your reel? Yes, I do. Another question was master the uh, uh, production or comment. He said, uh, "I use your follow up email um, from the last live. Sent it to five clients. I've received responses from four to five. Uh, they literally told me what was going on and told me everything. Go, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta follow up with people that don't hire you and find out why. You're guessing. Don't guess. People will tell you. Don't guess. Don't guess. Um, what are y'all typing in the search bar? Uh, I'm just typing. What What do clients? What did that client make off the? What did you say? What did you say? Right. Yeah. How much does X company? So like, how much does Apple make per employee? How much does Facebook make per employee? Um, just something along those lines. And you'll see at some point, um, you might even have like an article that goes to something like Fortune Magazine, Statista.com, and a few other ones on there. But you'll see in the search results where you can kind of like see where the stamp is for the date, kind of get a good estimation of how accurate and how recent those numbers are. And then from there, just like start clicking on links, looking at the numbers. I mean, it's... There's, There's a company called Amark Precision Metals. Right. They have 184 employees. They make forty one point three million dollars per employee. Think about that. What was the name of the company? It's called Amark uh, Precision Metals. They got one hundred and eighty four employees. They make forty one point three million dollars per employee. Does that sound like a company that got one hundred eighty four executives? No, they make metal. So it's probably like five executives, it's probably a CEO, a CFO, a vice president, five executives, and then the rest. They make $41.3 million per head. That's the janitor, 
That's everybody. And they'll give you a little bonus probably for Christmas for $1,000 and tell you to be happy. Stone X Group has 1,701 employees. They make $16.2 million per employee. Phillips 66, you've heard of that gas station. They got 14,000 employees, 14,000, 14.2 thousand. They make $8 million per employee. $8 million per employee. Now, Now, these are companies that do on the low end, right? The companies that are on the low end, like Starbucks is on the low end, Starbucks, make about 84,000 per employee. That's on the low end. These, these people are getting shamed. McDonald's on the low list, right? Let me tell you what McDonald's is making per employee. $100,000. $100,120 per employee. And they're making minimum wage. So think about that. When you go to a McDonald's and you see eight people back there, know that they're making $800,000 off those employees. And they're paying them collectively probably less than two. So do the research. The numbers will tell you what you what you're worth. You got to know it, right? Um, <laughs> that that should motivate you. That should motivate you to learn this business thing. And because you don't know business, you had no idea. You're going to work every day. Fighting to get 25 cent extra on your raise. You had no idea. That's why it's important to learn business. They want you to learn the pretty stuff. That's why they keep dangling in your face. They keep telling you get better pictures, video. And, you know, that they dangle that in your face for a reason. Slide of hand. You keep worrying about this. I'm going to keep worrying about this back here. It's, it's, it's like that for a reason. That's why entertainment is always more accessible than education. That's why entertainment is huge. Keep keep worrying about who 50 Cent beefing with. Keep watching this Marvel show. Keep keep worrying about that. Keep worrying about, you know, who, who got the most three-pointers in NBA history. You keep worrying about that. This is history. This, the finals is history. I love sports to death, but you got to have a cutoff. So, you know, you got to, you, if you know that, you'll, it'll motivate you to get your butt up and do what you got to do to fail for because even if you failed if you failed and did you mean to tell me if a if a person who work at mcdonald's right now getting minimum wage what's minimum wage it's not even 15 dollars where it should be it's what eight seven what's minimum wage what's the national average for minimum wage somewhere let's just say let's say seven to ten seven to ten let's say it's we're gonna just give it 15 15 times 40 times 52 that's thirty one thousand dollars a year if you failed you make 50000 If you made half of what McDonald's is paying you, you, you get a $20,000 a year bump. Not to mention what you make off the employees that you hire. So that's why, that's why you got to know this stuff. This is not a conspiracy theory crap that maybe sort of might happen if the world is. This is actual business, and it's okay. It's not personal. It's just business. Um, let me see. Let me make sure I say this right. Samiki says that uh, it was eye opening for me when I saw that I made a company that I worked for over a hundred thousand. 
Hadn't been able to see my job the same way. It's more than motivation to make my company work. Facts. See, those companies, in a short, I talked about how those companies, people realize how easy it is for them to build their company and they do 100,000, they do 200,000 and they do millions. And the average person is like, you got 50 million, go sit down. It was easy. Why stop? When you get your first six figures, you're going to realize it was easier than you thought. So I'm going to keep going. I want more. Double it up. Let's go. Let's just run up the score. Go for it, Jim. So I actually have a meeting with a brand new event center in the morning that they are creating, um, building up here. And I just went and bought that event center live.com while we were talking. So when I win that bid, which I'm already planning on winning with, (laughs) um, we're going to have to talk because I owe you something for that (laughs) tip right there, buddy. I mean, that's, that's, that's mint. Put that in your proposal and offer it. I'm planning on it. Yeah. <laughs> that's my 10 o'clock meeting tomorrow. Nope. That's how you got to do it. Those are little things that you're doing live streaming. Yep. Buy, buy their domain with the word testimonial at the end of it and shoot their testimonials. Buy their domain. Um, if they are such and such real estate group, you know, do such and such real estate group or agents of such a such real estate group. It's a $7 investment, y'all. It's a $7 to buy a domain for a year. $7. If you don't get the job, trade them the domain to get information on why you didn't get the job so that you can get it next time. Like, those are little things. Little things. That can help you go a long way. These are little tricks that I would do. That would get my foot in the door with big companies. And then I started associating my brand with bigger companies. And then I, they would just hire me. So, um, you know, those are, those, are, those are just little nuggets. Movie Retreat says, uh, how much would you charge for a 20-second promo for a music video? I don't do music videos at all. Only because um, there's, no, there's, no, there's no budget in a music video usually. Um, I keep throwing them to them for free. It just depends on, yep. It just depends on, does it lead to more business or does it lead to just like clout? Like we'll work with you more in the future. No, 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 no. We'll shoot that. If you purchase X, Y, and Z, we won't shoot it for the, for the, the chance to work with you in the future. It has to be attached to something. So keep that in mind. Um, Aaron says, I just started following you, spent most of my money on equipment. Um, and working a job as a bartender, I want to get into the niche market of restaurants. Do you have any advice? Understanding business. See, the good thing about it is as a bartender, you have the ability to see parts of the company that the average person don't see. You have insight that people don't have, and you can go to another company that has a bar and probably offer them content that they don't know they need. You have a unique perspective. Bartenders have great personalities. I told you the number one thing in your bag is your personality. They have a knack for, for reading people, for understanding what people are going through. It's, it's a gift. Use that to work within your niche. Use that to, to understand um, what businesses want and then use that to create the content. But understand the business side of it. Um, if you are 
Even if you're not a gold member, you go to community.flashfromacademy.com. There's sections, right? Post, post about that in those sections. Let's have those conversations. Let's have those conversations. You don't, even if you're not a gold member, you don't get access to the gold area. We still got a free community area because we're going to move from Facebook over to that community. Sign up at community.flashfromacademy.com and let's talk. Let's have these conversations with people who live, eat, and breathe this. That's why it's there. And if the good thing about it now is you don't have to have a Facebook account. You can be anywhere in the world and we can have these conversations. Because these are little things, little nuggets, just like you learned with the live. These are things we need to be sharing with each other to grow. There's enough business out here for everybody. Trust me, you can get five of the same clients and work with them until you pass out and tap out and say, look, I just, I don't have room for nothing else. There's enough for everybody because every single business needs content. I don't care if you sell toilet paper or toothbrushes. You need a video showing people how to use both. It is what it is. So, um, you know, you got to continue to grow this thing and, it, and you grow it by just being around people who share the same experiences as you do. Some people been through stuff, some people going through stuff, some people in the middle of it. But if you can talk to those people, you guys can help each other, you know, progress. And it's about having, you know, a group of people and, and friends and family that you can have these conversations with because you can't have these conversations with the regular people in your life. They just don't care about creating the best upsells today. It's not on their mind like it's on your mind. Um, You know, trying to figure out what should be on your proposal. It's not on their mind like it's on your mind. And you want to be around people who want to talk about this stuff every day. So, um, you know, it's it's there is a crew there for it. So community.flashfilmacademy.com. Check it out. It's free. Two easy payments of free ninety nine where you can still post like crazy and talk to people. You may find somebody that's up the street and you'd be surprised at you know, what y'all can do together and just talk and just, you want to be around people who are, who are going in the same direction as you. Because if you don't, you'll, you'll fall back. If you're on a diet and all your friends want to go to buffets every day, you're going to end up at a buffet one day. If all your friends are, o- this tie. are okay, well, no problem, no problem. If your friends are okay with mediocrity, you're going to find yourself okay with it too. If you if you hang with five go getters, it's like man, how that logo turn out? What you do? Did, what, how did that proposal come out? You should try this. How many how many clients you going after? How many how many beta clients? You got people that's on your head. You're not gonna sit there and be like, well, you know, we're gonna see next week. Your friends getting beta clients. You see they you seeing logos and polos and one of them got a van and the other one you know they you ain't gonna be sitting there like you're gonna be like whoa maybe I need to get it together. If you hang around with four other people, that's just cool. It just we making it. You know, I go in for a raise next week, next year. Hopefully, uh, you know, I didn't did everything. I got fours on everything. Hopefully, they give it to me. You you want to be around people that's go getters. You want to be around people that's that's living and breathing this all day, every day. I'm I know I'm not the only person that wake up in the middle of the night with an idea, with ways to improve my company and. You know what I mean? I go get my laptop or my tablet and I I'm not, I know I'm not the only person. So, you know, chop it up with people who want to hear about it and talk about it. It's a section dedicated to wins. Let's hear about the wins. Go for it, Alex. I got two questions for you. One, um, do you, I know in the contract pack, we do have the thing to release raw footage, but 
do you have we have something that says that um like they can like they can purchase it it's theirs i would have to ask them for permission to use what i shot do we have something like that or not detailed that way because even if i release raws i always have the ability to use it i'm just giving you the ability to use it rarely do i release raw footage i will give you a high quality like say if i shoot in real raw or i shoot in prores hq i'll give you a prores 444 or prores lq but you'll never get my top file because if i ever got to fight you for it i don't got to spend a million dollars and get a lawyer i can just say uh these are the originals those are not can you can you provide a file that's higher quality than this original that has more data from that day than this original. If you can't, don't waste my time. So okay. even if I release my idea of raw, because clients don't really want raw because they can't open them. They just want all the footage. That's that when they say raw, okay. that's what they mean. I'll give you all the footage in 8-bit MPEG-4 quality. I won't give you all the footage in 10-bit ProRes or whatever I shot it at the highest quality. I'll just re-render it for you so that you can have it okay but do you color it i don't even color it nope no just let it let it go so that's a good idea though that's a really good idea to color it because if they don't have uncolored footage there's nothing they can do they really can't fight for it so yeah that's a great idea that could be an upsell though put that in your upsell spot color it we'll we'll yeah mix audio we'll balance it and that's a great upsell for raw footage i like that one more question for yeah, you. Go for it, bro. You, you, you appear to be a man who's, you know, really kind of conquered this thing. And, you know, you, you just, you could be chilling, taking vacations every other week somewhere. What's your motivation? Like what, like, cause you, you pretty much do what you want to do. So do you share this information just because you can't contain it? Or is it because you just that, that, you know, I mean, what is it? Cause I, you know, Let's face it, you really give us good deals, period, in terms of the knowledge that you give, the, even the stuff that you give for free on YouTube. And that's kind of what made me just, if this dude's giving this for free, I, I got to get more from, I'll pay. Let, let me get, <laughs> let me hear the, the real the inner court stuff. So give me that background if you could. Oh, that's easy. That's easy. Um, who, who else do I have to talk about this stuff that I love so much other than, other than my crew here? I get to talk about it with y'all. My friends don't care. They don't give a damn about upsells and they don't care about that. You know, you can't, you know what I'm saying? You can't, what's going on, baby? Let's talk about proposals and why you need to, uh, they don't care about that. You know what I'm saying? They just like, you know, if you're like, if you're a car guy, you want to be around guys, you could talk cars with, right? I'm a business guy. Yeah. I'm a content creation guy. So this gives me an outlet. This is therapeutic for me. I'm still, I'm still learning and growing and, and just moving. I'm not like, at a level where I'm like, this is it. And I'm, I love it so much. I consume so much of it that this gives me a, a, a place to talk about it. And if I can help somebody, that's two, that's, that me, that serves two purposes in my life at once because I like helping people. I don't, I don't, I don't have any animosity towards anybody. I want everybody to win. I like seeing people win. I like saying people saying, you know what, this changed. I got this. I love it. I, it just, it does something to, it's my high. It's my high. So I love it. Go for it, Jim. Man, I've been in business for 20 plus years. I have never, I scheduled my day, my Thursdays now 
<laughs> I I am back at the studio by six o'clock, ready to go, so I can be on the live. I am not missing my Thursdays. This is so fulfilling, being able to talk with you guys. And even last week when the backup power didn't stay on long enough, um, there was a group of us that just were like, um, let's just do a quick live and we'll all just hop on our own little thing and chat for the next hour and a half it's you're exactly right i mean this is my drug of choice yeah i'm i love this uh, me too and to, and to hear that like because you know there was there wasn't a book i'm not regurgitating it from a book i'm i'm really teaching based off my scars like you know what i'm saying like i'm i you know, I, it wasn't always, it didn't always click for me. I went through some rough times, like, but to know there wasn't, they weren't in vain, like to know I'm not the only person that's, that been through it. It's fulfilling. It's, it's, it's therapeutic for me. I don't, I don't have a, you know, I'm, I don't have a story where I'm in my garage at a Lamborghini and books and I'm telling you, nope, not that. But I, 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 you know, I'm in a comfortable place, but I got there by, by trying to understand like what am I missing like what like the the biggest question or the hardest thing to overcome is trying to learn what you don't know you're missing a lot of people think they go into business and think they know it and I feel sorry for them people because they don't know what they don't know and they don't even have the mindset to be open enough to say maybe I'm missing something so I like being around people who are like you know what Maybe it's not that easy. Maybe there is part that I need to understand. Maybe I don't know everything because I don't feel like I know everything. I feel like I can speak intelligently on what I've been through and what has worked for me, and I do that. Um, but I don't. I, I I don't like being around people who know everything. I'm just. I'm. I'm always learning. Just like I'm always shooting. I'm always filming. When I get off this, I'm still learning about something. I'm still reading about something. I'm still. I just. I just love it. And then you mix that in with understanding your purpose in life and what and it's to help people grow their business and be successful and then you hear people come back and say things like hey i submitted this or hey i worked and i I landed that like that i that makes me wake up in the morning like that makes me feel good that makes me feel like whenever i meet my maker i can say i help people in the best way i could i help people in a way that i knew how you know what I'm saying? As best I could. I may not have been able to donate a billion dollars to this, or I may not have been able to do that, but but I did my best to make a world a better place. Like, I, I you know, I did my best with what I had, wow. and that's just some camera knowledge and, you know what I'm saying, some business. So I told you a long time ago, I, I owe you some baked goods at Christmas time, because <laughs> I, I just got, for real, I got a check today uh, deposited from, from FedEx. Oh, yeah. And then another one coming tomorrow. That wouldn't have happened without you explaining the game. If you didn't explain the game, and, and it's been a rough year for me, man. This COVID took out my other company that's been closed since March of 2020. And it was like basically burn the boat, sink or swim. I'm either going to have to go apply, you know, at one of these companies and basically make minimum wage, or I'm going to take these cameras and make some money with them. And you taught me how to do that. And I'm telling you, I don't. I'm not dealing with that company if it weren't for what you taught. And I, I just, I wanted to let you know. So you're gonna have to give me an address. I don't care if it's a warehouse in East East Planos. <laughs> well, I'm, gonna send, I'm gonna send some cornbread to you, something like that. 
I appreciate Hang it. Hang on. My address is for that cornbread. <laughs> right. The cornbread address. <laughs> you know what I'm my wife makes cornbread. That's so good. You want to bite your fingers, man. For, for real. It's, it's for real. So I, I, it's going coming your way. <laughs> if, if you guys are in, if you're in the community, there's a meet and greet section. And I'm strongly considering having one. I, the information is in uh, the meet and greet area. But it's some ideas that I'm throwing around inside the community. I'll, I'll you know. And we'll, it's a kind of a vote that's there um, where, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, you know, I just I enjoy the wins, man. I just enjoy seeing everybody winning. Um, I, it's just my high, um, you know, so it's it's something I look forward to. Josh said he got a whole debate with his cousin about focusing on the business side. And he kept saying all he needs is better lenses. I have to sit back and watch what happens at this point. You You can't save everybody. You can't save everybody. That's one thing I'm for sure I know. You can't save everybody. You can only save those who are willing to. What did, what did um, what was it? Harriet Tubman said she would have saved way more slaves if they knew they were slaves. A lot of people didn't go. So it's just you can't save everybody, man. And and you can't burn yourself out trying to save everybody. Um, you have to save. And, and I'm gonna be honest with you, right? I read a book that talks about like selling courses, right? Like when you put value, when you sell information, you separate those who just want to waste your time with those who want to actually do it. And then you continue to work with them because he was saying he gave lectures on how to on how to grow wealth. And his family would show up to those lectures for free. None of them ever grew wealth. None of them. They just they were just there like, oh, I'm just here. But those who paid to be a part of it that really was invested in it grew wealth. So you have to separate. There's a lot of people that's like, it's a good idea. That's, that makes sense. They're never going to implement it. They're never going to do it. You got to separate yourself from them. You can't be in the business of turning losers into winners. You got to help winners get to the next level. You know what I'm saying? And, and it sounds harsh. Like, gosh, man, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of sharp. But the, the choice to win is a choice you have to make with yourself. It's not a choice. I can't convince you to to think that you're worth a million dollars or worth making more money with your camera. I can't. Nobody in this room. I've convinced that they've they they convinced themselves that they want to do it. And now they're just looking at for the path to get there. I'm not here to, to break in your house and tell you you are you're you're going to be great. at th- Like, I'm just I'm not here for that. I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I You know, everybody here has said, I want to do this. I can do it. I'm worth doing it. Um, and you know, I just got to find a path to do it. And the path is, is understanding that this needs to change. And then you change it and stuff start clicking and you start making money and you start getting consistent and your life started changing. Your circle started changing. You start getting haters, your car started changing and things just work for you because you're, because in your mind you start, you start, you get there and you like, I should have been here. Like, this is where I belong. I belong in a place where I can order anything I want off the dollar menu twice and eat good. I can go in a dollar store and buy, get what you want, baby. It's the dollar store. Get what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but you know, you know how it is. Alex, what's going on? You popped in late. So I got to show you some love. What's up? Yeah, man. I've been listening since the, since the start of the stream. It was just, you know, putting in some daddy time. I feel you. Kids wanted kids wanted daddy to watch a show and hang out and so i did that and then i came to the office and there were some folks hanging out in the office 
and uh you know had a conversation with a dude about you know the whole basically everything that you're talking about like um and like what i went through when covid hit and because i was mostly working in the corporate events industry um but i've been side hustling with the video business for the last couple of years thinking like yeah i'll I'll try to go full-time into it in like another year you know try to you know like we gotta we gotta save up that money we gotta do this we gotta do that and covid pulled the rug out from under and it's like well uh, I guess God said we got to make this work. <laughs> this is the plan. We got to stick with it. I make my kids yep. watch my lives. I tell them the daddy show. Watch this YouTube channel, son. You're like, we got to watch the daddy show again? Like, yeah, like, it's the daddy show. Yeah, I was, I was trying to get my kids to watch the live with me. I had it on for, <laughs> had it on for like a good 20 minutes. And my son was like, I want to watch Netflix. <laughs> get it, get it, get five. It. Yeah, yeah, five ages. Yeah, I totally understand. Totally understand. Man, so you know we gonna with that we gonna we gonna keep it too long. We are gonna wrap. My editor's killing me because they're like I gotta sit through six hours of video. So <laughs> we gonna uh, we got some things coming. We got more things coming. Man, let me tell you. Um, let me give you a tidbit on on on. There's some things that's that's that has held up module three, but I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what it is because it, I, I I explain things about picking the right vehicle. And there's a lot, I just, it dawned on me like, man, I got a lot of accessories for my work truck that I want to make sure you guys understand the importance of it. Um, so we, we just went back to shoot a lot more footage of some of the accessories. Cause I cover why to get a truck, where to get a truck, how to get a truck. Should you get a truck? All of that stuff. What type of truck you should get, where you should look expensive in cheap in what to look for, like little, like, like little things. If you're buying a, a cargo van, you want to get one that belonged to a fleet and not a smaller company. Why a fleet? Because fleets have budgets to regularly maintain their vehicle. Small company don't. So I got my truck from um, a Ford dealership that had a fleet of trucks to deliver parts. And it was a long distance truck. So it had a lot of miles on it, but it was from a Ford dealership. So, you know, the maintenance was a one. So just little things like that to be mindful of when you're looking for a cargo van. Um, and I talk about everything from engines to what engine you want to go with, you know, why maintenance, things like that. So I just had to go back and shoot some more B-roll. So it's little things like that, that I'm just like, man, we got to make sure we uh, add a whole lot, add a whole lot. Um, real quick, though, before we go, I got a missing person report. Um, I went out and got this because I, you think people think they watch these lives. And I and I don't rock with people in real life, but often I do. So we got a missing person report. I want to call it AKA ankles. I went out and got that. Let's see if we can get that. AKA ankles. She says she got it off eBay. It was only two left. I wanted to make sure I get one because if I'm ever in Vegas, I want to get her to sign that for me, that autograph. So wherever you are right now, ankles, uh, you are missed. Um, Update. Update just to let you know she's actually out there crushing it right now. I just want to know earlier today. She's doing um she's doing some work for a client, for a beta client. One fifty seven. Let me see if I can get that to come on. One fifty seven of one of three hundred thirty three. It was the last one. I got it. I'm keeping it here in my plastic container so that how tall is she? Six feet. She catching oops on you. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you know I, I. I, I got walked into that. If you go back and look at that video, I'm like, yeah, I'll cross you over. And, and Rodney like, oh, 
I'm like, what's your dumb shot look like? And she said, you better Google me. And I'm thinking, people, you know what I'm saying? I Googled her. What Google it me. Google. And what it, as soon as I put up Google, it said, she's dangerous from every location on the court. I was like, what? Oh, wow. I was Yo, like, for real? Wait, what? Yeah. She is. Jim, I encourage Yo. you to watch Ty's face. I was like, that, it's not even the, the, the dialogue back for like Ty, like, stop, dude, shut up. Don't say anything. Just don't. It's not even that, dude. It's the realization of the truth that hits his face and think. like grabs yeah. his soul and drags it down. And he's like, I'm like, oh, that's a, yo, you never what? think that people go, you know what I'm saying? You never think somebody going, you know, I like to mess with people. I just, love how it kind of whole thing changed to maybe we should just be, you know, yeah, playing together. You know, teams. we could just yeah. team so, up yo, a little so bit. So this is my, this at, is least, my at, at least for Ty, it happened a nice way. This is my That piece didn't happen me. so nice for me. This, this is my peace offering right happen. here. It's to be on teams. Because uh, didn't have some nice for me, man. Being on the same team. I, right? I, this guy made me mad one time. I told him, "Listen, man, you want to have a problem, man? We'll settle this outside." So I'm getting ready, and some dude comes up to me and says, "Yo, Alex, you know who that is, right?" I'm like, man, "Who? Who that is? You know? Does he know who I am?" <laughs> they said, "Yo, that's the middleweight kickboxing champion of New York State." I said, uh, we have to work this thing out. No, we, we, we don't need violence. It's not the answer. <laughs> violence is not the answer. <laughs> I am a peaceful man. So, so this is this this card is my peace offering because I should have googled you. I should have, Brandy, if you're watching, I should have googled you. My bad. I should have eBayed you, googled you, Amazon you. I didn't. So we just gonna have to be on the same team because I'm not about to get dunked on. I got a reputation to uphold. Uh, quick story like that. I think I told it on live before. I was with my um, I was with my little brother at Kmart. And my little brother got a little, he got a little temper on him, and we were getting fishing gear, and he was in the next aisle over, and I heard him like, "Hey man, watch where you going?" Blah blah blah, and the guy was like, "Hey man, no problem, cool." He's like, "Yeah man, you better." So I'm running over there. I'm like, "Man, what's about to go down?" And I see the guy he bumped, and I was like. Like, bro, like, he, he popping off, you know, because you don't know who I am. So I'm grabbing my little brother, like, bro, do you know who that is? And no matter who he is, uh, it was Tommy Hitman Hearns. It was the boxer, Tommy Hearns. I said, bro, this guy get paid to knock off chumps like you. He And Tommy Hearns was cool. Like, oh, it ain't no big deal, fam. I get it. I, I'm like, sir, we're so sorry. Like, let me get him out of here. And he's like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, dog, do you know? That, like he's the champion of the world. Like you about to get them hands for real. And you popping Dude, off. Did he, did he literally pull a Martin Lawrence from the Martin show? Is that what he did? He was popping off. And I, he was young at the time. Probably like 17. And this was like this was this was like years ago. Tommy was oh, he, this ain't old man. Tommy Hearns. This is like 35-year-old Tommy Hearns. This ain't like yeah, this ain't like oh, I won't even try old man Tommy Hearns. Nah, this is like and I'm he man, you know I was like, bro. You don't know who you talking to. I had to. I like. I grabbed him. Like you about to get both our butts whooped up and up in Kmart. With the, I, had to, I had a dude. I had a dude do me like that. I was. Uh, we was driving. I was taking him home after. Uh, after I don't know. I think after a shoot, we were shooting. Um, and I was taking him home. This dude. We we were close to his house. Somebody cut us off or wow. something. And this dude rolls down my window and hangs his hat out of my car. And says, you should have just, the dude was in front of us and stopped his car and got out of his car. And I'm like, dude, you about to get us killed. I'm like, bro, first of all, I carry, I carry, you know, I carry wherever I go. And I'm like, dude, 
I'm not trying to have to shoot nobody over nothing. Like, what are you doing? I'm going to let <laughs> you out. And, and, the, and the dude who did it, I mean, the dude is like, he's 5'8", you know, 120 pounds. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? So I'm like, it's always little guys. Just go ahead, man. Like, I, you know, like, you know, my, my friend here, I'm, like, I'm just having to de- de-escalate this whole situation. <laughs> he, he needs his medication. You decided to hang in your, your hat out of my window. <laughs> I would have dropped him off. It's I always pulled the up. little guys, man. I, I had this little friend. He was 5'7". This dude would start fights with anybody. He, he, yo, you looked at me wrong. Yo, what's your problem? I'm like, yo, relax. And, and so every time he gets in the fight, I got to be part. I was like, come on, man. He jumped in a parking attendant one day because the guy gave him an attitude. He was, you know, he was me. He was like ta- Tommy from Goodfellas, but he oh, didn't have the yeah, guns. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He just ready <laughs> yeah, to start all the time. But kind of funny. Kind of funny. Like, like, <laughs> yo, yo, that was a dude. Can't hang around people like that, bro. I got. I, I can't, can't hang, hang out with that dude anymore. I can't hang around people like that, man. I just, I just can't do it, bro. I'm just, I don't. Can't do it, man. Uh, this is not for me. I would have pulled over and let dude it out, Rob. I would have been like, yo, let me pull over here. Y'all can handle that. Call you an Uber. If, if, if we wasn't just a, like a second away from his house, but I definitely like rolled around the block just to make sure this dude didn't come back. Like, I was like, bro. A second. That's walking you? distance. You would have been straight. Like, oh, this. let me pull over right here. Put this blinker on so you can get on out, bro. That's walking distance. You got to go ahead. And, yeah, I don't want no parts of that. So. Yeah, I, you got to pick and choose your stuff kindly, you know, nicely, I guess. But, you know, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and, and, and triple wrap. Um, listen, if you've learned anything, all of you guys that are watching, I'm asking that you hit the like button. Post what you've learned in the comments. That helps me create better content. That helps us make sure we talk about the good stuff. You learn something. You learn to, to make a domain for your client. You learn to, to you know, what, you, what did you learn today? I'd love to hear about it over in the comment section. Um, so we can continue to talk about those things. And um, last shout out to uh, to this right here. If you're not a gold member, come on in that community. I, w- I want to see them great conversations we had in Facebook over in the community because the platform is perfect for it now. We can we got a whole section dedicated to upsells so we can go in there and we can just chop it up about upsells all day long. So make sure you check it out. Community.flashfromacademy.com and you guys be safe. I will see you next Tuesday. We got a lot of content dropping um, Monday through Friday. We're dropping a lot of content. So um, definitely check that out. Hit that like button. And I appreciate you guys. You guys are therapy for me. The guys that you guys that join the show, you guys that wrote comments, you guys are there. You guys are my therapist where I can come and just talk, you know, business and camera stuff. I don't got to, I don't got to, you know what I'm saying? You ever feel like you're around people and you got to just like, they don't want to hear about the, how great the A7S 3 is right now. Let me just keep it to myself. Like, they don't care about Proposify right now. They don't, they don't care about the new feature. Let me just keep it to myself. So, <laughs> but you guys, I can let it all out. So, you guys be safe. Um, have a good weekend. Turn up, but don't turn out. And I will see you guys in the next video. You've been listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.